on today's show, we are getting to know Knack David. But first, a word from today's sponsors. Andre Psyche is the freelance creator extraordinaire, someone who makes music, poetry, art, clothing, and lives to make others feel good. Search him up on any social media. It's Andre Psyche. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E. The next time you are looking to add some creative stimulation to your social media circle. Patreon.com helps creators like me earn a monthly income that will be put towards podcast expenses. Support the Getting to Know You Pod's creative endeavors through Patreon for as little as $2 a month. There are all sorts of costs that I had no fucking idea about associated with posting podcasts, not to mention the need for equipment and production. So dear listeners, if you've enjoyed getting to know any of our guests or just want to help keep the pod going, go to our Patreon. The link's in the description and your support of the Getting to Know You pod is very much appreciated. Two bucks too much? Here are three free ways to help. Get your thumbs ready. One, push the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to the Getting to Know You pod on. Did that? Thank you. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on your social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Go ahead, open those apps, click away if you haven't already. Thanks again. Three, go to Apple, write a review. The internet tells me this might be the most important and impactful. So thank you. Your support, dear listener, whether it's with your thumbs through our Patreon or ideally both, is greatly appreciated. And now, getting to know you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And Mac David is coming to us from Miami, and he has a kick-ass Mac Miller tribute video, which is how I found him. Thank you so much, man, for coming on, letting people get to know you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. And I didn't get to ask you because we were chatting, and then I, in my head, I'm always like, might as well record if we're going to chat because that's what the whole point of the pod is. Yeah. Um, before the music stuff, the Instagram boost is very interesting to me. And like that, that's how I came across your video. I guess I've played enough hip hop <laughs> where Instagram figured out like, hey, Sean O'Grady might enjoy Mac David's music. And I'm curious how much of a strategy as an artist that is for you trying to decide what to boost or is there any specific strategy or are you more like me just hoping? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hope is definitely something that I kind of like to center because, you know, I, I do I do believe in hope. I, you got to have hope to <clears throat> keep things moving, but you also have to be strategic about it. So I actually work as a digital marketer for musicians, so I know how to kind of put stuff out there um, for other people. And I thought, well, hey, I'm. Um, might as well practice what I preach. So I've been doing that this year, um, really 
going hard on putting myself out there. And it's cool that something as little of a 30 second clip, just of a snippet of a video is able to grab somebody's attention and make them want to learn more. And it's, it's really, it's really intriguing because there's a lot of testing and things like that that go into it. But, you know, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, it's cool. Cause you get, you get both sides of it. You get the, you get the love, you get the hate, but it's cool when people like you reach out or, or other people are like, Hey man, I'm going through something as well. Or, Hey man, I like the raps or whatever the case may be. And they show love and, it, and it's cool because it, it's crazy. The power of music really. Yeah, um, the, the power of hope and the power of music are almost like the same thing. <laughs> they just send out good really, vibes. Really. You know? there, there's some people that, that literally, you know, something like Kendrick just dropped and he probably saved somebody's life just by putting himself out there and, and relating. And I like to think that, you know, I can do the same and, you know, yeah, I was reading on your um, website about how, I guess you had like messed around with poetry in middle school Mm -hmm. and then kind of were into music, but a little apprehensive of putting yourself out there. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's funny because on a, a much smaller scale, like I've, I don't know, I haven't gotten any like super negative trolly feedback about podcasting. I'm a teacher, so I get it to my face when kids are bored <laughs> or they think your yeah, jokes yeah. are lame, you know, or like this lesson sucks. Like kids do not hold punches, especially in middle school. Um, but I'm curious about like how you got over that hump, how you gained the confidence, or do you think you're still like trying to get over that hump? That's a really good question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as a kid, I didn't even, I listened to a lot of radio. My mom wouldn't let me listen to certain music. Um, and <laughs> Too many there's curse words. one station with just the top 40 hits, uh, and I was listening to the top 40 hits. So, you know, I never really thought about music, but it definitely, like, the, the programming of what sounds good on like a pop appeal and it, that kind of stuck with me through and you know I doing other things and um I had a poetry class well it was part of English class I was writing some poetry and I wrote a poem and I guess they thought it was cool they put it up on the bulletin board and everyone's like looking at it and saying things and I'm like oh okay cool you know didn't really think about it couple years later you know I started to really dive into hip-hop um and it just really it really took me over like different different artists like going back in time in the 90s all the way till you know <clears throat> the 2010s era which is kind of when I started listening um getting heavy into it at least and it really you know transformed <laughs> you know yeah. me and I started writing a little bit, um, not really telling anybody, anybody that I did tell, obviously it wasn't that good at the time. So it's like, ah, you know, ah. but I don't know, so, something about it. I, I just kept going. It, it felt right. And, you know, I'm here, I'm 27 right now and I'm 10 years in and it, it's, it's one of those things where, <clears throat> there's a lot of internal struggle of 
you need to you need to live you need to have money to live you need to yeah. you know you need to pay the bills but then it's like man there's that there's that opportunity to uh, to take and not too many people take the opportunity for one and but most but most people are not going to take the opportunity and they're not even going to have a chance yeah i might as well take the opportunity and see if i do have the chance and if I don't, okay, cool. You dust it off and keep it moving. You know, that's what life's about. So I don't know. It long winded for sure, no. but you know, that it's kind of the 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 journey of it is Dude, is the, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to cut you off, and that's what sucks no, about no, no, like the virtual sure. lags. But the boomer in me and the teacher in me um gets inspired by that because like why should you wait? Right? Like uh, hopefully you're not like drowning yourself in debt and developing these terrible drug habits by chasing a dream, right? But you yeah, seem to no, be yeah. going after it intelligently. So why wouldn't you want to, if you're going to fail, fail young, fail early and fail without regret, then all of a sudden you got two kids, you're a middle school English teacher, you're 35 <laughs> and you're trying to put out demos. And it's like, man, I wish, you know? So like, to me, it's inspiring that you're willing and you're courageous enough to go after it, especially because now I've noticed, man, as a teacher, the way kids are so self-conscious about being recorded. Like I so saw I have a 12 year old daughter and this shocked me. She goes to a trampoline park and a couple dudes go up to her and, you know, they ask her for like whatever fucking Snapchat handle, Instagram, some, some sort of like contact. Can I get your number old school stuff? She mm -hmm. comes home and she's telling me about it. And like in her mind, she was like, I didn't know how serious to take it. Cause I was worried that I might be getting recorded by somebody and I thought they were trying to play me. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, that's a 12 year old awkwardly having an awkward already social interaction because she's fearful of somebody using her on social media. So all that again, long winded way to talk about you being willing and other artists being willing to be personal put yourself out there, not only put yourself, promote yourself with that confidence and have to deal with blowback, man. Like it's yeah. a different level than, I mean, I try to have empathy. I don't get it. Cause I, I didn't grow up, honestly, like I don't yeah, get yeah, the yeah. apprehension and anxiety that can come along with it. So I think it's awesome when people pursue their passions like that, especially publicly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've just seen a lot of people in my life that, either had some kind of dream or some kind of, I wish, you know, if I could go back in time or if I mm -hmm. could, you know, do this and that. And it's like, I guess I just developed early that it was on the notion of like, you have to do it. Like nobody's gonna do it for you. And I had to learn that, you know, uh, <laughs> there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of, moments in life where you can you can take the high road or you can you can get swept up underneath with all the the other stuff and i you know i just want to move forward and keep being better than i was the day before if i can at least do that i'm 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 doing pretty well <laughs> i can't complain you know what's it? i'm a weird i kind of get obsessed with metrics and numbers and I'm always very curious when people are like, get better than the day before. And I wonder, mm -hmm. do you actually measure that with, hey, I've written more, I've learned a new technique to make a different type of beat. I, I've, I've 
added a, a different cadence kind of a thing to, to my rhyming or my rap singing also, because you do sing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Do you measure yeah. that at all or try to like metric, quantify it in any way? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have goals that I set at the, the beginning of the year of like, hey, I'm trying to do boom, 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 boom. And I keep, I keep track of it. Um, every, on the daily, there's always going to be days where you're going to slip up or not go as hard as you should have or whatever the case. But I, I found myself like beating myself up for it mm. for a long time because it's like grind, 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 grind. I gotta, I gotta learn this new skill. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Um, I have my marketing degree. So, you know, I, all this 10 years of going to school, I'm trying to do music at the same time. And, you know, there's always, it always seemed like there's something. And if I'm not on top of it, I'm not going to get anywhere. But I had to take a step back. I had some people in my life that were like, hey, man, you're really, you're really stressing yourself out. You're really beating yourself up trying to do X, Y, Z. You're not sleeping. You're not, you know, you're not eating properly. You're not, and, and it's not even on some, you know, weird stuff, but just, I'm just on go. And <laughs> it's, but, you know, I, I had to take that time to really kind of sit back and, and assess because it's like, you can really get caught up in the perception of how you're perceived versus like what, who you actually are, the, the full, you know, behind the curtains. And I just, um, you know, it's a really humbling moment of like, wow, okay, this is, this is who I am. This is, this is the difference of being on the other side of the camera. And, you know, how can I, how can I make it good enough where it's packageable, but not too much where I'm consumed in it? Because the internet is much of a blessing as it is. It can't, like anything, it's moderation. You know, you can't get yourself swept up in it because especially just in these last 10 years, I, I find it crazy, man, um, just to go off on a little tangent of like really 10 years ago, the iPhone was like, it was popular, but it wasn't like a, everyone had it. And now we, we're 10 years later and everybody has a smartphone and we're we're so far deep in technology where yeah pe people are people are getting affected by it you know we didn't have problems of <laughs> you, you unfollowed me on instagram or whatever the case may be and that that's a psychological thing so yeah that that's what i was wondering when you said <laughs> you were getting when you were getting deep into it is it like figuring out ways to hack the quote unquote algorithm to like maximize views was it like researching other people? Was it trying to comment back or prove people like explain yourself to people who would just say dumb shit to you? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, trying to keep up in yeah, a lot of, a lot of these artists, what I've come to find is, you know, they have, they have to keep up an image. They have to keep up a, you know, uh, an idea about themselves because that's how they're portrayed. And, 
you know, I, I, I thought about that a lot and, um, yeah, it's, it's just analyzing, overanalyzing. And when you come down to it, it's like, man, just don't worry about it. Just be who you are, put yourself out there. And the moment I started to just follow my intuition on things, the, the more that my whole world started to open up and, you know, I try to keep that perspective at all times as much as I can, you know, there's always that time you're going to get frustrated or, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, try to, try to keep that positive light (laughs) and, it seems uh, like you kind of decide just to be a little more authentic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Which most, sounds I mean, so isn't simple. Isn't that what the 20s is about? Because <laughs> at 21, I did not feel like I was into myself. You know, at, at around 25, I started to kind of understand more of the, the world around me and kind of how it worked and how I work in it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right out of high school. You're right into college. You don't know... You think you know what's going on, but you really don't know. Dude, you could change peer groups like four times a year in high school. Yeah. And then you get to college and you figure out, oh my God, there's like 95% of the world. I had no idea exist. Like, wait a minute, there's other continents? Like, like, there can be revelations like that. So I I think you're right, dude. Because then you got to get out of high school, super controlled, much more freedom in college and exposure to everything. So you're still testing... You're still putting on identities. I think the Fugees had this song um, called Masks. I don't know if that's the name of it, but it was just like, it was about wearing masks. And I guess it's a little bit like code switching and understanding how to act in certain uh, environments. But I think Mm -hmm. that's very natural for people. And then you have to see what you believe is you in college. You get to the real world. And if you're kind of trying to make a life for yourself, you're like, well, how is the world, society, and jobs going to accept me if I say this is who I am. And then you get feedback from those people. And if the feedback doesn't make you feel good, you're like, all right, well, maybe I should change something, either my environment where I'm at or how I am. So yeah, dude, I yeah. think that's supernatural. And, and it's funny that you bring that up because I, I definitely, a lot of self-reflecting, deep diving, I realized that I I was that person that, you know, tried to be friends with everybody and, you know, wanted people to like me. And I just got to the point where it's like, hey, you get burned enough, you kind of, you're supposed to learn that, you know, the world don't revolve around one person and you kind of just have to deal with stuff. (laughs) And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny how, how, works right yeah and that's i couldn't imagine trying to start an actual business in my 20s like i'm trying to think like what was i doing i was barely i think i caught like i had a really bad car crash the night before i turned 21 and we'd been drinking because i was like a service bartender and my life was in shambles you know what i'm saying like i was wound up like i was squatting in this trailer of a lady's like almost beach house, like her second home with no electricity for three weeks. So I could keep my job. Like, I couldn't imagine being like, as a waiter, you know, like I couldn't imagine being like, Hey, I'm trying to have a brand. Here's what my life's about. (laughs) When like, that was my level of functionality. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, 
and that, and that's the thing too is like I've been making music for ten years, but it I I also it's it's kind of funny because I I ended up putting myself out there too early, and I made a project in twenty fourteen. If you look if you look deep enough or hard enough, you can find it, but um, not my best. It's obviously my first, so it's not gonna be your best, but. Um, I put myself out there too early where I wasn't mentally ready for, you know, what could come with that. And it, I did get a lot of negative reception and that's the thing too, Facebook, (laughs) you have all your friends on Facebook and when you have people writing about you as posts, like, yo, you suck and you know, this, this, and that. It, it definitely, you know, it humbled me and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back into my world and I'm just gonna work. I'm just gonna work on production. I'm gonna work on learning to be an engineer. I'm gonna work on, uh, my writing ability, my songwriting ability. Cause that's totally different. You could write something and it'd be great, but it doesn't mean that it works well in the song. Hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I took a lot of time to finish college. I graduated and then I worked for a couple of years building the skill of marketing to try and figure out a way to penetrate the market. So now we're, now we're here, you now, know, <laughs> now, now, now you're trying to penetrate. It's, it's, it, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's funny how it works out. Cause you know, at 21, I'm thinking like, dang, like I'm, I'm already at a point where I should have things figured out. And that's not it at all. Like, I, I think your twenties, you're supposed to be learning a lot of these lessons and putting yourself in the right position so that you can conquer in your thirties. But you know, that's just me thinking more long-term. A lot of people in my generation, they're not thinking long-term. And, you know, I mean, I think just in general, people aren't thinking long-term, but I think my generation specifically is fixated on the now and what's popular, what's, you know, going on, who has what, who's dating who, all this stuff. And I'm, I'm just away from that. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm away from that, figuring out my own stuff. So not to not to dig up, but I'm curious about the the first project you put out. Um, what was your process like of creating it? Like, do you, like looking back, do you think mm. you were just like, oh man, I fucking went in there and I recorded one time. I took ten minutes to edit. Was like that the issue, or did did um, you take it pretty serious when you were putting it together? Well, I actually. When I was writing as a kid, I kept a lot of my stuff like zip. Nobody knew I would literally go in the car and spit my rhymes or sing my lyrics in the car to to build up the stage presence or whatever. I didn't I didn't know anybody. I live in Melbourne. Uh, I know you said Miami before, but I actually live in Melbourne. Um, it's a little bit uh, north. It's in the center of Florida. It's like. 45 minutes east of Orlando. Okay. So, um, you know, it's a small town. There's not really anything going on here. It's getting bigger, but, you know, not anything by 
any means. <laughs> so as far as like no, open mics or places to go, um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Clubs there's that there's could nothing just... here. Gotcha. Like, you know, there's bars and, and I did a couple open mics. I, I actually did open up, um, funny enough, I opened up for, uh, nappy roots in 2014, but I didn't even know who they were at the time. Mm-hmm. And I learned afterwards and I was like, dang, I opened up for them and I didn't even, I didn't even put it together. Like they're dope. And, <laughs> Wait, you so- know, it, it's one of those things where you're caught up and it's like, oh, this is my performance. Not thinking about what everybody else is doing, how to network or anything like that. It's just, oh, I'm doing this show. And, and did you um, open up for them based on the 2014 project or had you not put out your um, no i i literally um one of my friends he uh he made music as well back then and i was recording with him and he's like yo bro i got this i got this venue you know they they want you to sell tickets he's like i want you to perform with me and i was like okay cool so i pulled up it was mostly his set but then i had like a little time and um did my thing, but then I just I didn't stick around. <laughs> it was my first ever. It was my first ever show, and I didn't really. I was like, I'm not really trying to stay here. But then once I started listening back and you know doing more history uh, diving, I was like, dang man, Nappy Roots was actually they, they got some really dope stuff, and I can't believe I didn't even know. I didn't even yeah. think about it. So, but. Yeah, you know, reminded, man. You I mean, learn, like, right? That, yeah, well, that's, I mean, honestly, that's that 21 year old. Like, you're just so egocentric. Well, I was 19 at that time. Oh, no so it's way. like, I'm I'm a kid. Yeah. I'm not really even thinking about anything. <laughs> right. But, you know, it, it is kind of cool. Because, um, but back to the, the part of the city is it's like, yeah, there's, there's nothing there. So there was no recording space. There was no place to, to I didn't know anything about how to i had like a little uh not even sm58 or 7b or anything it was like just a really crappy mic and i had audacity and i was just like recording on that <laughs> but then i knew that i had i had i had to make an opportunity so i would always practice all my lyrics i practice all of my flows and everything make sure it was perfect so that any if there was any time that i met somebody that i can get into the studio i was boom i was done and uh, i ended up doing just that where one of my friends was like hey man i'm recording uh, you know i showed him my song in the car he goes why is this not recorded and i was like i don't know he's like come <laughs> with me so we went over it was crazy it was actually really hilarious looking back um we drove all the way to Kissimmee or like, you know, St. Cloud area. And it's like, you know, 45 minute hour drive or so. Drove all the way over to like a trailer park. And one of my, one of my good friends now, he, he actually was going to Full Sail at the time and he got a, he got a trailer and we recorded in his RV and it, it came out great. Like he, he knew what he was doing. He was going to full sale at the time. He's uh, interning for Disney. Like he works for Disney now. Oh. Um, super dope dude. But um, yeah, I recorded my first ever song in a in an RV, and it, you know, it it, 
it was cool because I did the whole thing one take because I was ready. And he's like, oh, you, you only had to do the first verse and I did the full song. And so he's like, oh, okay. So I just did the full song like three, four times. And I was like, is that good? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll work. Uh, I'll make it work. And um, that's just always the mentality I've had is like, I have to be ready. But now, you know, enough time has gone by. You make a little bit of money. I have my own studio now. So I'm able to <clears throat> kind of do things on my time instead of having to always be ready, you know? on that i can i can kind of take more time to sit back and build new flows or build new um melodies or whatever the case may be you know that's um i don't know i've when you say you have your own studio now just like the equipment you figured out like how to almost do you need to soundproof a room is it like a room in your house kind of a thing or do you like regularly rent out a space somewhere yeah, so it, it actually works out pretty well. Um, I actually just moved last month. Um, so I'm still getting things together. Uh, most of it actually is built. It's just, you know, facing the other way. But um, <laughs> I am waiting to get some uh, sound panels because that is the next, that is the last step um, to make this thing kind of more official, official. But I have had studios in the past Um and I do work out of a, another local studio here. They just opened up probably, you know, a year or so ago. And super great people. And, it, and it, it's just cool because it's like, this is exactly the kind of stuff that I didn't have as a kid. That now I can channel and, and give back to people. Because it it always inspired me to... Um, you know, provide that. Like, I'd love to go back to my old high school and just pick up a kid who's like really popular or like really, you know, he he, he wants to do music or whatever, produce a song, engineer the song, whatever. And he can go back to school and be the man or be, you know, a cool kid for um, making a dope song or, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing that excites me where, yeah, I'm trying to put myself out there. I'm trying to push my brand as well for sure but um really it's it it, i I see the bigger picture and it's not just me you know what i mean like that's that's the best way that i know how to articulate that so i mean not to make it all mental healthy or whatever but to me that's a super healthy way because if you if you're passionate about music it's almost like so I also coach middle school basketball and I've coached middle school basketball long enough now where I've seen kids who say they're all about it, but you kind of know they're not all about it. And then, you know, some kids who are all about it, but the skills aren't there. Yeah. And then now 10 years later, they're managers on college teams or they're like play by play people on college teams. And they figured out these little niches within an industry that they love and they can still have that passion and that genuine joy. So when I hear you talking about it, it's like, well, okay, so if I don't make it as an artist, I can make it as a marketer, I can make it as a producer, maybe I can make it as a talent scout. Maybe I could just make it as a like a someone who negotiates contracts or something. You know, like there seems like there's a ton of avenues for an intelligent person like yourself with that kind of mindset of it's not just about me. I don't have to be the super successful and everybody else is in my wake. 
Like it's cool if I'm bringing people along or if it's cool if I'm helping someone else out. Yeah. Um, it seems so unselfish. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> like it's, it's nice. And it, it's perfect that you put it like that. Cause it is true, man. There's a lot, there's a lot of talent where I am. Um, I don't know. You, you said you're, you're a little older, so um, I don't know how current you are into the hip hop scene, but there's this dude, um, Coach Ice. He actually took off and he's from this area. So it's just kind of cool because people from the city are now starting to get some shine. And I know it's going to shine light on a lot of other really talented people in my area. And, you know, I'm not even going to name them because there's too many to name and I don't want to miss anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's always the worst. (laughs) But it's like... um, there's just there's a lot of talented people here and, and and i consider a lot of them my friends and the way i look at it too is it's like if if i win we all win if you win we all win if i you know because at the end of the day we can just morph into whatever roles are needed to complete the task and that's that's always how i've been is get in how you fit in that's why i've learned a little bit a little bit of everything so that i have just enough to kind of pull out the sleeve and do damage in a good way um and and help progress the wheel you know it, it seems like you're the value add guy like in just about any situation it's like okay he could he could add some value to this you well, know i mean i have i have been t- told i am the linchpin so right. you know i i, I and, it, and it's so funny man because i i read that book um a couple years back and it and it was like okay cool i need to be a linchpin seth godin i don't know if you've ever read that uh-uh, i hadn't, actually hadn't heard about it i'm not sure yeah it's a it's a really good book um and it basically just talks about being irreplaceable like carving your own lane because I think that that's it's kind of funny too because it it's it's kind of been a theme for me where I'll go somewhere to work and I don't really like I'll do the work that I'm hired to do but I don't actually really fit that well there and it's always like this juxtaposition of you know I could do more but they don't have an official title or there's no official this or that or whatever. And it always used to deter me, but now it kind of, now I'm at a point where I know what I bring to the table. So I just, I just, I'm already paving the the, the road. So it's like, I'm, you're going to get caught up in it. If we, if we connect, you're going to get caught up in, you know, the, the, the road I'm paving. So, however, it, I look at it less of, I'm working for somebody more so um, I'm working with them because here are my attributes that I can bring to the table and you do this, you do that. Okay, cool. We can come together and collectively do better than one of us trying to do all the tasks. So it's just a, <laughs> it's a good mindset, man. It, it's just, yeah. it's very. It, I don't know. It's not so egocentric, but again, to me, it's healthy. Because I'm the old guy that's a teacher, and all I do is worry. Right? That's what old people do. You worry about the youth, and man, I just I worry about the selfishness. I worry about kids being way too into themselves with 
just like to be like uh, a stereotype, like selfies. Just the fact that it, something is called a selfie. What does that tell you, right? It's all about you. And like what kind of mental, what does that do to your mentality of community and others? So it's, it's nice to hear that people like you are out there that are younger and actually want to add and fit in, not just make it about you, but just want to add value to whatever the goal is, whether I'm assuming it be digital marketing or getting some sort of gigs or producing something like it's nice. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It, I, and it's funny too, because yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I like to contribute in any way possible. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm just that guy to, to lean on. Um, I guess. Did you do a bunch of shows? So I'm kind of curious now about like how you got into actually putting yourself back out there after 2014 project, which no one should Google apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, it, it's there. It's yeah. out there. Is it in? But... So I was listening on like just on Apple. I looked you up and I think there were like eight or nine songs. I didn't see. Have you put out an actual like album album or you just like release nope. songs? Intermittent. Not yet. Um, you know, I got got a couple things in the works right now. Um, just trying to timing and you know life yeah. happening. But um, yeah, no, we would just have the singles for now, and I'm looking to really build that catalog um, okay. coming up. So, so yeah. So then the, the thing, the thing with oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just wondering, like after. You put yourself out there as a 2014, so that's you at like 21-ish, and you get some negative feedback, and then you go back and regroup. What allows you or what do you go through to kind of make more music and actually post again <laughs> about it? Yeah, well, I think a lot of that was comfortability. Um, I didn't feel comfortable. I, I didn't feel like the, either the music was good enough or... Um, things weren't focused, I guess, that it'd kind of be all over the place. I'd be writing about anything and everything and nothing super focused. But I guess the way that I kind of got back into doing stuff was kind of what I said earlier is the moment I started trusting my gut, my intuition on things, hey, you need to leave this job. Hey, you need to um, take this left turn here like really really <laughs> the most basic things are all right cool something happens a process what is, what is my gut telling me and i'm gonna listen to it every single time because the times where i didn't listen to it and i did something else i was always wrong so or you know i had some lessons to learn gotcha. so the 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 best way that i know how to move forward is to to be to be good intuitively. So once I hit that point, that was probably 2018-ish, I would say. Um, and I made the journey. And I think you were just, you were listening to it when I uh, first came in the, the chat here. But um, yeah, the journey was one of those where I heard the beat and I came up with the lyrics probably within 30, 45 minutes. I'm, I was driving dominoes at the time and I was listening to it just <laughs> coasting and um, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it's cool, man. Um, and 
yeah, it just came effortlessly. And I, after that, every single song that I would make, I would not, I wouldn't force myself to be creative because I find that when I force myself to, you know, meet deadlines or whatever the case may be, I'm always pushing something out that isn't, isn't as good. Hmm. So I let the inspiration come to me and when, and when it hits, it hits and I take advantage of it. So lock yourself uh, up somewhere and just roll with it. Do you like, do you have to like lock yourself up somewhere? Oh, are you 100%. a caffeine addict? Like, uh, or are you 100%. able to just like self-stimulate? I have to turn my phone off. I have to do a lot of things cause, cause you can get distracted and you know, it's one thing where I have like a cool bar in my head or whatever, and I'm about to write it down and something happens or whatever. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta attend to someone's calling you. Yeah. I have to, I have to turn my phone off and just kind of lock in and, you know, and, and that's the thing too, is my writing style is not the same as certain people. I know people who can go in and freestyle everything and it's fire. Um, I'm not that guy. I have to sit down. I have to, I have to think about it. I have to live with it. And a lot of the music that I've been making recently, I've, I've been living with it for, you know, a good year or so, making sure that everything sounds the way that it needs to. And, um, uh, it's up to par for me because if it's not music I want to make, or if it's not music that I think is good, it's not coming out. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> And I would rather, I know in this age, as a marketer, uh, quantity is king right now. But, you know, something like even, even this Kendrick album that came out shows you that quality is always going to, to matter more than quantity. Because if it's good enough, people will wait. People will, you know... People will understand. Um, granted, they'll give Kendrick more leeway than they would give someone like me. Yeah, he's kind of got the rep, right? You know, like, and I understand that. And that's something that I'm working on building towards. But, you know, right now it's just figuring out, <laughs> uh, figuring out the, the intricacies of the project or, you know, songs that i'm making and but if no one's paying you, you, you love. yeah like you only deadlines would be like self-imposed deadlines right like, yeah yeah i, I feel 100%. like most artists the first couple albums are so good because they got to be completely them without any sort of barriers they were like hey this is how i want to represent myself and then i go shopping yeah. around somebody picks me up and it's always like that second third hip-hop album where you're like um what was it like the locks so talking about like 90 rappers like the locks came out and then i got guess they got signed by bad boy and they completely <laughs> lost their street you know it's like if you think i'm jiggy and you're like what are you doing man that's not you they go back to like rough riders and then they have the cred to like be them and they don't have to fit in so yeah. i think those first couple albums like do set your reputation but they don't have any sort of timeline yeah, and and I think and that's really a good point that you mentioned because when it comes to a full project, you know, I I would want that to be 
super solid. So right now, you know, it it is the it is the time for singles. There, people are gonna gravitate to listen to listening to one song over having to digest an eighteen track album, and especially somebody that they've never heard of before. So, you know, I put the Kool Aid and Frozen Pizza remix out there, um, Hip to the Game remix. Um, and people like you found me through that. I have another song. Um, I think you, you've seen Purpose. Um, yeah, it's like the studio. Then, yeah, the, it was the studio video. And that's why I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. so I, that was the weird part. Cause I'm like, is he actually like an R and B guy that just kind of raps? And then like, you know, I guess maybe a couple minutes in, I think you have like one, and I don't even know what to call it musically industry wise, like one set, one portion where you do rap a little bit, but it mm -hmm. seemed way more R and B vibe to that song. Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny how that one came about because that song I actually wrote five, six years ago. Hmm. Um, and it was during a very, during a very crazy time in my life that, that 21 to 23 ish time frame. Um, and, you know, I just didn't, I was not in the right headspace. And it, at that point I lived with that song for about a year, a year and a half maybe, um, before I could even finish writing it. Like that's how out of it I was. So with that, I switched to kind of understanding more of my intuition and, and who am I making music for? What am I making it for? Um, I feel like a lot of people can, I feel like a lot of people can relate getting into music for a different reason than they find purpose in later on. You know, you can kind of lose yourself in something so much that you find purpose in it. Does that make sense? Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I equate it to is. I'm curious, well, you've brought up the intuition thing a couple times. I'm curious if you want to get into a little bit about the choices you were making that were not following your gut or like mm -hmm. your original intentions when you were getting into music, or is that just too possible? Um, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily music related. Um, well, I mean, it is, but, you know, not necessarily to certain music choices, but, you know, just life in general. You know, you make you make bad decisions and you got to you can make whatever decision. You just got to accept the consequences that come with it. So, you know, I, it's not necessarily one particular moment, but um, just a, a collection of moments that you you learn from and you're like hey i need to <laughs> i need to shape it up um these don't really reflect who i want to be mm. moving forward and i need to i need to reflect that or else i'm not true to myself because i've realized that the people who aren't true to other people are not true to themselves first off so if you can solve that problem, <laughs> um, you can then at least start the domino effect. But um, 
Yeah, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there. I don't remember the exact no, question, cool. but because I'm not great at asking them. But I was just wondering. <laughs> um, you you brought up the intuition stuff, and I always, yeah. I think it's curious. When, I think it's interesting also and curious when people look back, and they're like, "Fuck, man!" Like I felt. I knew I shouldn't have gotten to the car or, you know, something was like, my boys are like, Hey man, come out. And I'm like, dude, I ain't trying to go out. But then I'm like, all right, man, I don't want to piss you off or all right, I'll ride along with you. Or you're not really feeling a job, but you're like, oh, I'll take this thing. Cause I just need a little bit of money here. Or, so mm -hmm. that's why I was curious about if there were certain things when you looked back, you were like, here was an example of when I knew I shouldn't have, or I didn't feel like I should have. I did anyway. And it kind of, bit me it screwed me well um if that's the case then yeah i guess we can you know talk about a job um there's definitely a couple of different jobs that i've i've taken where i didn't feel like it was right um there was one that i did take that i went out of my way for and it ended up being a real blessing in the sense that I was able to get an internship in marketing before I graduated. So that's always the good thing. If you yeah. can get in before you graduate, you're, you're good. If you can't, if you, if you can't get in before you graduate, it's kind of tough luck um, in this day and age, at least, huh. unless you have the skill set. Cause that's, that's, that's a lot of things that, you know, college students, when they're finishing up, they don't have the skill set. They have the book knowledge they have the textbook knowledge, but they don't know how to execute on the knowledge. They don't know how to actually go from A to B and or A to Z. Um, and that's what you need on the job training for. So going back into it, I, I get the internship or whatever. And I learned real quick that internships that, you know, going back to carving my own lane, I actually fought for an internship and they gave me an internship, but they didn't even want an intern or need an intern. And so I was just kind of there and they were trying to throw me into sales and I'm like, but I don't even know what I'm selling. So I kind of went with it for a little under a year, maybe like six, eight months. And, you know, it was, a, it was a cool environment. I, I really liked the people, but you know, there was just nothing to learn, nothing to gain um, from that experience. So I ended up, you know, actually listening to my gut and I quit the job. I got a, another internship based on the internship that I got before. I learned all the, you know, the lingo. I learned all the, How to you make know, the resume look. Uh, yeah. And a lot of it, honestly, the posturing, because when you walk into the room and you talk like, you know, what the hell you're talking about. You can you can probably you can probably make some make some some moves. So, um, you know, I ended up talking about digital marketing, and they really liked what I was talking about. They hired me. I stayed at that job for like a year or so, and then I found a job doing music marketing, and that was another gut one where I said, "Hey, I need to I need to take this leap." And I took it too early. Um, but then a couple 
like weeks later or whatever, I ended up getting the job. So it worked out, but it was one of those leaps of faith that where, you know, you're sitting in limbo for a little while, kind of questioning life. What you, and, so took it too early, like saw the application or saw, saw a job opening and then like quit your job before an interview or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, well, and, and I don't want to get all tangled up, but this is actually a separate event um, where it was actually during the beginning of the pandemic right. and the job that I took, you know, they were very, it was when the essential stuff was going on. Like, Hey, if you're an essential worker, yeah, you can man. leave and da, 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 da. Such and poor wording. Like they whoever started, figured that wording out, man, I, you're, you're so nice and you're such a positive person. I'm way more like negative. I even noticed like when guests come on and don't curse, helps me to know how much I curse. And like when you're so positive, it helps me to know how much I'm negative. Cause I feel like, I'm like essential way to make a bunch of people feel like shit about hard work that they do because it's not essential. And yeah. it, I'm sorry, but yeah. Well, it, it, and, and it is funny because yeah, the, when, when you actually looked at like what, what, what essential was is like, if it is going to continue the, the process of things and actually help to reduce the spread yeah, instead of like just liquor store clerks going out there and doing whatever and <laughs> dude, dude was dude was telling us marketing is essential i'm like bro we could do this from home like <laughs> we don't we, we, we don't have to be in the office to to run a google ads campaign or to boost a post on facebook we don't need we don't need to be here gotcha. but pressing it pressing it whatever and um there were some other things that I don't really, I'm not going to get into, but basically, you know, dude was kind of pushing, pushing me out anyway. So I jumped and realized, you know, shit, maybe I jumped a little too early. And, um, it was funny because at that same time, right when the pandemic started, uh, three days before I got the keys to a, a studio space and I was going to build my, uh, my first studio there. So once the pandemic hit, it's like, I was living there. I was living in the studio <laughs> and, um, it was great. Cause I was like, wow, I'm here. I, you know, I, I ended up subleasing a space and I made this place mine and people would come through, they record and, um, I could get a little money from studio time and whatnot, but like for, for a good like month or so, I was just like living in the studio. Like I got no other way. I got to just do it. And, you know, at that time, my parents were like, what are you doing? You're, you know, you're screwing things up. Da, 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 da. Like, you know, you made a bad decision, X, Y, Z. And I guess the the place ended up, you know, they ended up needing me more than I needed them. They called me back. I was like, hey, do you want to come back? I was like, all right, cool. But I'm going to go find another job while I get this job. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was one of those things where I kind of had to put some pride aside and, you know, hey, I'll, I, need, I need the consistent income, but I'm going to be looking because situations are not uh, panning out too well. But... Total blessing, man. Ended up finding a job during the pandemic. I don't know too many people who could say that. Um, and 
you know, there's still people that they can't get a job. Um, uh, there, there's people that you know had to that that had to lose their job, and then there's people like me. I just worked all the through the pandemic, so yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what that means to sit sit around. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people some people actually lost it, and and I'm not you know I'm not pooping on them, but you know there are people who were like, hey, well. I don't have to work, you know, and I can't relate. So, yeah, no, dude, I, I went through a bunch of survivor's guilt with that being a teacher. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. when we went virtual, it's, it's, it's a different experience. Dude, it's zero work. Well, it's, just, it's not zero because you're doing stuff, but like grades in Delaware, grades didn't matter. The governor said everyone was going to pass, like publicly told kids you will not be held back because of COVID's consequences. Talk about like how you get 25, 14 year olds on a Zoom anyway, and then all of a sudden you make a public service announcement that grades don't matter. Zoop. Like, <laughs> it was, dude, yeah, no, I'm not going to do anything. You were just straight getting ghosted on everything, you know? And it was like one of those things where it's like, I think Lil Dicky has a song. He's like, I'm getting paid for that. I'm getting paid for that. It was like, all the time, I'm like, I'm getting paid for this? Like, this is my life now. And it allowed me to start, like, the podcast and put a little more time into it because I'm sitting there looking at a blank Zoom screen being like, all right, man, is the kid going to show up? Let me shoot him an email. You know, let me give him a little message. And now I'm waiting on you. Like, th- 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 that's what, if we were in school, it'd be real easy to work. But now that all these extras, but I was still getting paid. And I felt kind of like crap talking yeah. to people who were like, nah, man, like I'm a business owner and I'm screwed. You know, I, yeah. I, I own a gym. I own a gymnastics studio. I'm, I own a bar. And it was like, damn, yeah. I have a shopping boutique. And because I don't sell food, I'm not essential. Gone. And you're like, God, man, that's terrible. A lot of, a lot yeah. of businesses were destroyed during that. Yeah. Um, but I feel, it, it, it is sad, but. I feel like you your know, lane was built for COVID though, digital marketing, because now everybody's clustered inside and it's like, we got all these potential consumers sitting around on a screen looking for something to do. So I felt like it would almost be like the gold rush for digital marketers. Yeah. And, and you know what, man, that's where I can say that I'm truly blessed because I, I made a split decision. I was going to school for just regular business after I got my AA, I said, you know what, I'm going to do, you know, like, uh, marketing. And I started that route, kind of had a little detour, was doing audio engineering for a little bit, had some, you know, housing issues and whatnot. But then I came back home and, uh, finished up my marketing degree and, Man, I can't tell you, there was no better time to graduate. I graduated college in 2019. So <laughs> literally I got the job and it locked down and then boom, I was I was just working for the rest of 2019 into 2020 and the start of the pandemic. So it just kind of happened. And then I already have the skills. Okay, cool. Now I'm just doing it for musicians like myself. Even better. Right. So, you know, it... It, it is it is a gold mine because at the end of the day man you need actual marketing like the thing the thing that really opened my eyes 
was getting on calls with some of, you know, some of maybe not your favorite rappers, but some of the people that might be listening's favorite rappers or whatever, getting in calls with them and seeing, you know, the type of campaigns that we need to do and whatnot that goes behind just making the music. Making the music is literally 10% of the whole pie. Now, granted, you need that 10% because if you don't have that 10%, then the rest of the 90 don't even matter. But yeah. if you can get that 10% of just the music, the rest the, the rest of it is literally marketing. And people get it, get it mixed up. They think it's promotion or PR. And those are two different things too. But marketing is actually targeting people that like your stuff and would be interested in it enough to go to a show to get you know to sell tickets sell merch sell cds um you know whatever the case may be and people don't realize that they just see their spotify numbers going up and they're like man i just cracked 100k and it's like okay cool let me let me look at the data. I go ahead and I peel it back, and most of the stuff's coming from Bangladesh or Dude, India Bangladesh or is a Kazakhstan. Big... And it's like it's like, man, as much as as much as I'm happy for you, like, yeah. when are you going to Kazakhstan anytime to tour? Yeah. If you're blowing up up there, go go do a tour and sell out. You know, yeah. like, but most of these people are not going to do that. And that's the that's the other thing that I learned in this industry is a lot, and I mean a lot of your favorite artists or whatever, whoever's listening to this, favorite artists, they're they're purchasing fake streams. They're, they're purchasing fake followers. But the difference is, if you're a, a big label artist, you actually do have a lot of fans. So if, you're, if your song gets streamed a million times, you know, 800,000 is probably legit, but they sprinkle that extra 200,000 on top to give it that boost, but it's not destroying the metrics because most of it is real. But when you're an independent artist and you're buying streams and you got a hundred thousand plays and all of it's from India, you just shot your whole algorithm. And now the music is, is going to rotate based off of the listeners that listen. And if they're, if it's just a bunch of bots and they're listening to anything you're going to see your uh, listeners also like uh, if you're uh, a funny story, kind of side note. Um, I was doing a uh, marketing campaign for a client and he's, he's, a, he's like down South Broward boy type of music, like Kodak kind of stuff. And he, we told him, we we're like, Hey man, you're releasing this song. Don't, you know, don't do any playlists. He was talking about, it. he's like, I think I'm going to do it. I'm like, don't do it. We're doing like real marketing. We're we're growing it steadily. And he went ahead. He went on a playlist, and he found himself in UK uh, trap or UK um, uh, EDM or something like that. A playlist that has nothing to do with his style of music. And he ended up screwing up a lot of his algorithm, and he get recommended. Uh, like British and German EDM artists as his like related artists. And, and it's like, that's because people want it, fa want it to go faster. But when you get it faster, you don't know where it's coming from. And that's the thing here is like numbers don't lie, but they do. 
if you know how to manipulate them. And as somebody who is analytical and can see that back end, it's like, I could call everybody's bluff right now if if they if they wanted to really play that like okay cool let's check out let's check out your back end what's your demographics what's your uh where's where's being most streamed what's your uh age demographic range and all that stuff if if these people can't tell you then you know the data is useless it's useless to have a whole bunch of numbers if you can't quantify it and actually figure out how to make money from it. Yeah, if you so, can't target it, right? Yeah, because you, you, then you're just throwing it out into the ether. And that's the sad thing that, you know, I had to learn as well. I thought, hey, man, if I just post this, <laughs> 2014 me, if I just post this, it's I'm going to put it on Datpiff. I'm going to put it on all these places that is booming. And it's just going to blow up because it's, it's great music. And, and you realize real quickly you see one stream in three months or you see whatever. And it's like, damn, I guess I suck. And it's like, no man, because yeah, you spent $3,000 on putting an album together, but you need to spend another three in marketing. But people don't want to have that conversation. (laughs) It's a step of faith, right? Um, I know a lot of people in sales and um, like radio sales and it's the same thing. You'll be like, you got to tell a client, you got to give me six months or you got to give me a year. Like you can't buy radio ads for a month and expect 30 people to walk into a, walk into your business that day from a 30 second ad. Like you have to have this repetition and then we know the type of people who listen to us. So we want to make sure your brand associates with like we're in the country here. So like tractor people, HVAC people, we love you because everybody who listens is looking to upgrade their AC. There, there, yeah. There's a need for this. And it's interesting you talk about the playlist though, because I've had a couple artists on um, talking about Spotify and just shitting on Spotify because you make such little money on Spotify compared to like when you could actually sell your own CDs. Oh, 100%. It's, it, it's horrific. But one of the big things they said was they were advocating to get on playlists. So I'm curious, just experience wise, do you actually get to like pick the playlist or is it just some sort of pot, like a button you click where it says, make this song eligible for playlists. And then someone at Spotify pulls it into the playlist they want. Is that how that goes down? So so with playlists, there's three different types. So there are organic and organically algorithmic so that that one is automatic that's spotify radio so if you're listening to a song and you don't have the next song queued up after the album finishes if you don't have it on replay it's just going to shuffle to something that it thinks you might like based on what you just listened to that's spotify radio and that's algorithmic the third the second one is editorial so editorial is spotify themselves saying hey these are the songs that we like and think you might like as well. That's the rap caviar. That's the top hundred. That's the whatever. Um, Spotify radio or editorial. And then the third one is user generated playlist. Now that breaks off into two separate ones. So there's user generated, which is, you know, you listening to a playlist when you're at the gym, boom, you pick your songs. You got your 18 that you're just going hard when you're in the gym. Okay, great. You got your, you know, chill set where you're driving and listening to chill music. 
those are user generated playlists that are real. Then there's user generated where people just spam a whole bunch of bot traffic to specific playlists that people pay to get on and they just run the numbers up because Spotify, you can make a free account. Apple music. You can't make a free account title. You can't make a free account. Spotify, you can make a free account. So the, the payoff is different. A payoff for somebody who has a premium account is different than somebody that is using a free account because the ads pay for that. And you know, the, the, the payout for per stream is different, but what they do is they'll just have a bunch of burner phones on a rack and they'll program it to go to this playlist and stream this playlist, you know, one time all the way through, but they'll have 50,000 of these things do it one time. And that's the thing too, is it's like, as an artist, do you want to have 50,000 people who only listen once? Or would you rather have, hundred people who listen to it 50,000 times. Yeah, I would rather have a hundred people listen to it 50,000 times because then I could reach out to those hundred yeah. and actually develop a relationship and then give you some merch or give you a free tour ticket or wh- whatever the case may be to, to further build that, that bond and, you know, keep people coming back. Um, but a lot of these people just want to have the numbers because the numbers are the vanity that you can show the label to get signed. And then there's more vanity and it's just a whole rat rat race. Um, And and that's kind of what I've learned. And for example, the, the stuff that we do as a marketing agency is we run Facebook and Instagram ads and drive it to Spotify. So we're actually taking you, the user, off of your app on Facebook or Instagram. We're bringing you to Spotify. Spotify can actually track that and say, hey, this is a real person based on boom, 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 boom. And then you get enough of those people. You start turning the wheels and the algorithm will actually start to work based on the real people that are listening. Hmm. But if you're sending a bunch of bot traffic the algorithm can't pick it up because, well, they either can't pick it up because it's just a lot of one-off traffic or it's a lot of one-off traffic to the point where Spotify is able to make a list and say, hey, based on these people, you're also liking people who are not in your genre or whatever the case may be. And that's where a lot of artists really shoot themselves in the foot. They don't realize that. And that's one of the things that I like to teach, um, you know, because obviously you're paying me to, to work on this, but I'm going to teach you as well, because most of the people I work with, with the exception of we do have some label clients and, and pretty big names that we work with. But, you know, for the most part, it's independent artists and, and we're, we're literally they're looking to us for guidance on, you know, what do I do with my music business? Do I get an LLC? Do I get an S Corp? Do I by you know publishing and shows and all this stuff and you kind of just have to look like a beacon you know and 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 provide that (laughs) be a resource yeah exactly and and that's the thing too is like i i don't i don't think i ever want to be a drake level of stardom or 
you know, whatever. Come like, on, I, I'm you got to want to be courtside. You're t- the Miami Heat, Mac David courtside. Game seven, you're not trying to, you're like, oh man, that's not, just way too much no, of a hassle. I'm not saying that I don't want to be rich. I'm just saying, I don't know if I want to be that level of superstardom to the point where Body, can't even have a normal life. Bodyguards. You know? Yeah, man. Like, that, like, I mean, it's weird to think I about. Bet the, I bet the money is worth it, but it's also just like, you know, so yeah, many of them go nuts, dude. Tough. So, so many of them go nuts. They reach super, superstar. Like Jay-Z well, okay. has to be the most real Snoop. They're, they're like, they're the most real. A lot of these dudes lose their mind and go on these like two, three year benders and like ruin their lives. And they just seem well, hollow. You have a lot of resources and, and, and time available to you and how you use it is wise. It, it, that's, how you use it, you better use it wisely because you're feeding you're feeding one of the wolves. You, you ever heard that story of, you know, whatever wolf you feed is, is the one that'll win in that battle? And, you know, <laughs> it, 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 go, it comes down to that, you yeah. know? So you, you just want to be, like, independently wealthy. You're not looking to be, like, global wealthy. If, if I'm able – I mean, I'd love to. That'd be dope. <laughs> But I'm looking at the realistic, you know, I'm looking at it realistically and it's like, I would love to, to be able to sell out tours and, and things like that. But so, I don't need to, I don't need to have a billion dollars. Like, what, see, what, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't even know how I would, how I would start. Like, like dude, you just buy islands. You wind up on that Epstein list somewhere, and, I mean, and then you're yeah. fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about all that, but dude, well, I mean, an island would be cool. I mean, then I could just get away from everybody. I, I I've been social distancing before they told me to. So you know, it, it's just one of those things where I want to be able to be well off, but I also want to have some some sort of you know, normalcy. You, yeah. you see a lot of those celebrities and they don't have, they don't have real relationships. They don't have real normal interactions. And you always got to, from, from what I can tell is it's like, you always got to wonder like, what's the alternative motive or, you know, what, what are you trying to get out of me? Because you know that I'm a walking bank. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? And it, it, it becomes one of those things where I don't, I don't is- really want to question people's loyalty to me like new people especially like it's gotta suck like it's almost like why lebron james has his core group right and he's had him with him and he like i think they all went to school and now they're super successful but he was he knew early like there's going to be a ton of outside people trying to infiltrate what i'm about so i trust you because i've known you since i was six and you're real but like that's a very weird space to me. Like I can't imagine co-working with somebody and worrying about them just using me. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think that's something where, yeah, we can, we can still experience that in, in normal day life. But you know, the, the likelihood of that is definitely X. It's like targeted. I feel like they get targeted. Like a financial advisor isn't going to come target me. And then I'm going to lose $3 million. We're like, fuckers plot and scheme to get a meeting with LeBron James to hustle him. You know, like that to me is like, that's a whole nother level of skepticism that I don't want to put out there towards the human race. I don't want to see people like that. The music business is literally like built on that. 
is just a bunch of BS because all the all the different public publishing licensing and sync licensing and you know you can literally get paid like seven different ways from performing one song if you're the co-writer you're the producer you're the performer and all this stuff and they don't tell you none of that because the the industry is literally designed to milk the artist from for all the money so that you know they get their recoupment and <clears throat> you have to know how to play the game to even you know, qualify <laughs> at Jeez. this point, you know what I mean? So Something. if you're not even in the league, what are we doing? You, you got to know the, 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 the rules of the league to be in the league. Right. When you brought up the bots, something I thought of, which is um, I hadn't before. So whatever you pay somebody and I, I've had people approach me on this podcast about, I'm a great promoter. Send me $30. I get you a hundred followers. And sometimes I'll like, yeah, it's terrible. But sometimes I'll fuck with them and it'll be like, show me what you got, dude. Like, I'm not paying you anything. And one dude said, okay. And overnight I had 112 downloads in Bangladesh and zero actual listens. And you're like that. What the fuck am I going to do with that? If I'm trying to get an advertiser for like online sales clothing, like I'm not gonna be able to give him any of that data. The numbers, duh. Yeah, no, it's, it's completely (laughs) dirty now. It's completely dirty data. But my point is, so if I do that as an artist, and now all of a sudden I've got hella downloads or hella plays and someone does sign me and now I have to like sell tickets. I feel yeah. like it's going to be crazy. I feel like that's cool. where you're going to be done, man, because how are you going to yep. take this virtual bot that you've bought and now f- even sell a thousand seats? That's a lot. Like I know Taylor Swift sells out stadiums on stadiums, right? Like yeah, there's yeah. that elite level. If anyone's ever tried to sell anything and get like two, 3,000 people in a spot, like that's a lot. It's rare. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and it's funny that you say that because, yeah, it, it, that goes back to what I always tell my clients when they try to talk about that. It's like, are you really going to go to India and tour? Are you really going to go? If you are, you might as well move there, man, because... Yeah then then you'll actually be immersed in it but it's like bro if you live in california why you why you why is most of your fan base in thailand you know i know i know of some people who you know they're not very popular in the united states but they go to japan and they sell out yeah and that's super dope they can go to hungary and sell out if you can really target a niche country where they're in love with you do it because that's the best way to 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 start out is but it's authentic. It's not body. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when when you have these bot streams and then they get signed to the label, that it literally just creates the 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 ongoing process of most of these labels. They're signing thousands of artists a year, if not if not more, and their whole goal is we just need one of them to break, and they'll pay for all the others, hmm. and what ends up happening is they'll sign a lot of artists based off of clout or these, these vanity metrics. And then the artist, like you said, doesn't have those fans. So then they get an advance from the label, which is a loan. And then they (laughs) have to recoup it, but they can only recoup it by album sales in a tour. And if they're not selling very many 
projects and they're not really toward anywhere and get money from that, then they're literally in a loop of perpetual debt with the label. So it, it, it can be a very scary situation, but that's where knowing the business comes in handy because I mean, just this year alone, I've, I've had those Mac Miller and then I had the purpose ads. I've had them running, um, for all this year. So January till now I've, I've had it active where people could find me. Um, and over time I'm building a fan email list, a fan phone number list where I can actually track these people and have, you know, relationships with them so that when I do drop a project or I do drop another song and, and get more interactive with, with the drops, you know, I can actually gauge these people. I can see based on the Instagram ads, um, I can see how many people are coming in and, and how many people are actually migrating to Spotify or Apple music and, and, and finding my music um, that way. And from there, it's like, that's building the real process. And over time, I know it's going to be slow grind, but the results from it are going to be real. And that that's, that's all I care about, man. I, I don't, I'm not interested in playing the who's cooler game, who's better game. You know, I, I'd rather interact with my tribe, my community and provide whatever I can provide and, you know, hey, this, this is what I this is what I can give to you guys. If you don't like it, cool. You know, I'm I'm not not mad about anything. You can say you don't like my music. That's cool. You know, maybe just that song you don't like. And I find myself even in these ads where people are. <laughs> I've had I've had some. Um, they're like, yo, this is the the Kroger version of Mac Miller. I'm like, hey man, that's actually kind of funny. Um, you know, like I, I've, I've had others where they're like, yo, this is Crack Miller, and I'm like, damn yeah, man, you know, that's that's actually kind of funny. But you know, then there's other ones where they're just like, yo, this sucks. You know, you just bit his whole flow or whatever, and it's like, hey man, um, paying homage, but you know, I mean, I guess you could see it that way. Maybe maybe you like another song. Um, and, and I don't, I don't let a lot of the stuff get under my skin. I probably would if I didn't have a marketing background, I'd be like, <laughs> man, this is my baby. Like, what are you talking, you know, at, yeah. at this point, at this point, I know there's going to be haters and it's like, all that I can do is if they come at me with some low road stuff, I hit them with the high road and what can you do? Most of the time it's the same thing with light and dark dark disappears in light's presence so if you're gonna be all nasty and negative and i come at you with something positive i just shut your whole stuff down like you're you're really gonna talk down on somebody who said hey man have a good day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> asshole <laughs> you know but but and, and that's the thing too is it's like I, i'm not gonna say that i'm the you know I'm, i always take the high road on everything nobody's perfect but you know, if you if you can at least keep that perspective of, hey, you know, something better can come of this. If you make that decision, don't wait on somebody else to, to take the high road. If you take the high road, you set the example. And then if they still decide to do low road stuff, you're already gone, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. But, then they can't reach you. Um, and then you get to the status. The 
most of the time they're like, oh, well, you know, it actually wasn't that bad. Or, you know, they always backtrack because you're not going to come back negative yeah. <laughs> again. And I don't but, think people, I mean, it was maybe, is music that, isn't there enough to be negative about in the world that you want to seek out music to just bring some negative energy towards? Well, <laughs> like, and, and I think there's enough to troll about without trolling someone's music. And, and you know what's funny, man, is I think a lot of the hip hop culture has a lot to do with that. Because I don't really see too many pop stars fans like, oh, this is shitty. This is, you know, this is ass trash can emojis and, you know, uh, poop emojis and stuff. Hmm. But hip hop, you know, there's there's a different it's it's like a swordsmanship kind of thing, you know, like whoever's pen is better and and we're going to war with pens and hmm. it's kind of based off of the the um the battle rapping and, and, and things like that. I think that that's just embedded in that culture where we want to see, we want to compare, we want to, we want to put people on pedestals and, and rank them. And if it doesn't meet up to our standards, we're going to, you know, let you know, and we're going <laughs> to, we're, we're going to let our thoughts be known. And, and that's cool because I, I think the competitiveness in it is, is inspiring. Um, and, you know, part of me switching over to rap, too, not only was the poem stuff, but, you know, I heard guys like Lil B or Soldier Boy. And, you know, even though Soldier Boy's a legend, I can't talk down on that, man. But Lil B, you know, I had to grow and, and learn his, his style of music. And only after so much time has passed do you understand the, the you know, what he brought to the culture and things like that. But at that time these are people that are rapping off beat. They're not, you know, in sync and somebody who has that background of, you know, pop top forties, you know, I, I know when the kick is off or the snare is off or your vocals aren't in tune or whatever. And, um, hearing all that, it's like, well, nah, I'm a beat. If, if he could rap, I could rap, <laughs> you know? And, and that, that's the way that I, that's the way that I took it. It was like, if he could do this, if he could do this, I could do this. And that, that competitiveness I like, but it is, you, there's, there's a, there's a threshold with it where it becomes toxic. And it's like, you know, Hey man, I, I'm just showing you my song. I don't need, I don't need you to tell me to kill myself. Like that's uh, shit, man. Like <laughs> that's a little much, you know? Um, but it's it's the it's the, the the nature of the internet because I know I know more than half of these people would never say that shit to my face, and yeah. that's that's the difference because I know, you know, in in your your generation, it's like yo, somebody's talking shit. Like we're we're getting we're getting to 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 punch it. We're getting to like you're gonna you're gonna eat your your words in a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, well, but, no, like back in my day when you talk shit, you had to fucking handwrite a letter, walk your ass to the post office, mail it to somebody, yeah, well, and maybe even well, put your address on too. it. You that, know, like that's the difference too, because you're most so likely quick. not beefing with somebody mm. in Seattle, Washington, when you're in fucking Delaware, and it exactly. and it's like that's how you know 
that it's like, bro, I can't take none of this serious. Like I'm, you, you're, you're spreading all this hateful stuff. And then I look at your profile picture and it's a, and it's a dog morphed into a pineapple. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I, I can't even take, and you're, and you're private. I, I don't even know anything about you. Like I, what can make me take you serious? Yeah. Now, if you have an established profile and I could see that, oh, damn, like, dude looks like he's Muay Thai about to kick my ass or something. You know what I mean? You can, you can kind of gauge, like, but it's like, am, am I really going to exert that energy on this when I don't even know you, bro? Like, what, what, what is this? I can't even, I can't even take you serious. You don't even have a... You don't even have anything to take serious. So <laughs> I take a lot of that stuff with, with a grain of salt, man. And e even the positive stuff too. Like it, I had, I had somebody, this was kind of weird. It was a weird experience because it was the first time ever, but um, I had a, a fan like DM me and was like, Hey, you know, um, she heard my song purpose and in it, I'm, you know, it's a really melancholy song and kind of talking about, um, being down and she's like yo like you're worth it and da, 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 da. And she goes i would take a bullet for you and i was like whoa what like i don't even know you and you don't even know me how no don't don't do that don't do that <laughs> but it, it it's just kind of people don't understand the power of their words and it's like even those positive things I like to take with a grain of salt because it's like you get a couple people saying you're 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 dope or whatever and you get your head blown up and I'm not I'm not trying to inflate the ego I'm trying to just get better and and put stuff out there and contribute and just you know give give back but it can it can be tough man if you let that stuff get to you but I just try not to. <laughs> yeah, I, it's easier said than done, but you know. Yeah, because I, I wonder like how many people just stopped. Like you put out like ha have your 2014 experience, and they're just like, yeah, not worth it, not worth it. I'm not. I I see dudes around middle school. I guess it could be any artist. I guess girls can be like catty too, but because I coach basketball and I I teach. I tend to, I guess, gravitate and be around the guys a little more. So I hear them in locker rooms. I hear them on buses. You know, I hear yeah. them in the hallways. And it's a different animal. And, dude, they'll, they'll beat you down real quick. <laughs> if, oh, you, yeah. if you act something foolish, they'll beat you down real quick. And dudes learn real quick where they rank in the pecking order. And I wonder how many creative people just stopped off of somebody who's not even in their circles comment. And yeah. like that, that's a travesty, man. Well, and, and I can relate because there was a, there was like a three or four year period where I didn't tell anybody about it. Cause it's like, I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't tell anybody. I was just doing it because it was something that was for me. And I was scared of what would happen if I put it out there. And then I put it out there and I got the reception that I was scared to get. And, you know, that can really change somebody's perception on things. But did you think me, about was, going country? Were you like, what's that? Hey, did you think about going country? Were you like, maybe <laughs> if I had a banjo? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I definitely, um, I think the thing too, with that project 
in particular, it was, you know, it was a lot of industry beats like old Drake beats or, um, you know, logic or whoever. And, um, there was really no cohesion. It was just more so of a bunch of songs. I had a, I had a, I had a pretty dope theme to it, but, um, you know, it, it's just, it wasn't mine. It was, it was a bunch of beats that, you know, I didn't have the rights to or whatever the case may be. I understand the game better now. So it's like, I have producers that I work with specifically so that I'm not chasing down YouTube producers or, um, you know, other people just to try and get their BMI info to get them on a song for publishing or whatever the case may be. But, um, yeah, just, that's another aspect that's kind of interesting too. Like having to actually chase down. So somebody makes a beat for you and it's a pain in the ass to like find them in case the song actually does blow up that they get credit and they can't sue you kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people that, you know, they got like the beat stars and things like that. So it's easy to track them down, but sometimes, man, sometimes these producers, they, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not a big dude, they're not even answering you or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's all good for them, but, um, <laughs> you know, I them. just, I, I, I've worked on too many songs that either, you know, I didn't buy the rights to at all, or I bought them too late and somebody already got the rights to them or things like that, that, you know, can happen. And I'm just like, Hey, I'll either one, learn how to do this shit myself or two, I'm going to have, you know, a close knit people a close-knit group of people that will handle that and you know i do i have i have a couple friends that um are really super dope at producing and we're trying to put some things together but um i don't remember exactly where we were uh right before that but (laughs) um it it more from like negative comments stopping people to like developing and i cracked some joke about like maybe in 2014 after your comments you thought about like rebranding into country or like punk metal yeah yeah. so i mean i never i never thought about that um it was just yeah it's just hey man you need to learn some more because you obviously don't know enough and i knew that this is what i wanted to do because it's like hey i've already been doing it so why stop now um because then it's like that that's the thing too it's like that's the mentality i have now i've waited so long to even put myself out there that if i don't do it the only person that's gonna be suffering is myself wondering what if i what if i did do it but i don't want to know what if i want to know Oh shit, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, maybe, maybe, oh damn it, it happened. I'd rather have that than, damn man, I wonder what if I did this. Yeah, well then, then you're the basketball dude talking about I and go pro because coach hated me. And it was like, or you could have worked out in the summer and got a jump shot. That would have (laughs) helped. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing too, is I played soccer from our, from the time I was three until my senior year of high school. And I learned during that senior year of high school that everything that I've worked up to, like, I'm not going to college for this. I'm not going pro for this. And it was a very sobering experience. So 
I kind of was used to it. It's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, this is something that I know that I'm not like, this is the end, but I did it. You know what I mean? I, I, I put myself out there, you know, I was on varsity, I was doing whatever. And, you know, there's just, I'm not, I'm not going to college for this. And, um, but was still that like love. a, was that like a what? thing for you? Like ninth grade year or whatever? Was that kind of the goal? Was it that serious to you? I don't know if that was the goal. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something with soccer, but I think at that point I was still too young to really understand because yeah. my, my high school years, like they, they went, they flew <laughs> and you don't really, you don't really know until, you know, it's senior year and it's like, Hey, you got to fill out these applications. Hey, you got to do, Hey, you got to do whatever. And I was always the procrastinator because it's like, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll do, you know, whatever. And, you know, you come up to it and it's like, oh shit. Like I literally have like four or five months, six months and I need to figure this stuff out and ended up going to community college. It's not a big deal, but you know, they didn't have a soccer team. They didn't have things like that. So, um, I just had to accept, Hey man, this ain't, this ain't going to be it. So, what are you going to do next? And I was already writing. So it's like, well, try this out. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, there, there's been, there's been a lot of road bumps and, you know, um, blockings and that you have to go around and whatnot. But I think overall it's for the, it's for the betterment of the story, I guess. Yeah, it's but. always good to come, <laughs> overcome adversity. And it's interesting that you applied the the soccer life lesson of it. it's over. <laughs> I work towards this and it's over. Like things can be over, but then, or maybe you can actually work to achieve a goal. Because I think a lot yeah. of people take that and they get that like resentment mentality of like, it was someone else, some outside source limited my opportunity versus like, oh man, it was my procrastination or maybe I should have done something my junior year, like gone to some camps, <laughs> you know, like send some yeah. film to some coaches. Well, <laughs> maybe that and, and I think that was the thing too, is, is, is I did go to those camps. I did, I did do a lot of stuff. I, I actually got injured my junior year and I didn't, I, I didn't make varsity because of it. And, okay. um, so like I, I, I did everything that I knew I could to, to get there. I mean, I didn't, I didn't reach out to colleges and have them scout me or anything like that. But in terms of like putting it out there and saying, Hey, I'm going to be making the team and, you know, going through with it. I was able to put that chapter to rest, you know, and, and be, be cool with it, you yeah. know? So, so I, I yeah, it, I take that with me of, you know, this music stuff could be, could be something or it could just be a chapter and, yeah. you know, something I'm okay play, with that. Yeah. Something it, to play it, for the grandkids, man. But like, yeah, when it exactly. comes to that age, you it's know, like, let me show you something. If nothing else, I, I still feel like I'm always going to be making music because at this point I, I love it too much to, to not, but you know, as far as, um, as far as making a living off of it or whatever, I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying until you, until some, until the fat lady sings, man, because I, I used to think, you know, Hey man, it's, it's a young kid's sport or whatever for music and I'm 27. So it's not going to happen. But then you hear about 
you know, Jay-Z and, and Eminem, their first albums were at, you know, 27. And um, I think Kanye's was like 26. And and then and then you hear about like Griselda and Benny the Butcher and, and guys like that where they're they're just blown up and they're in their their late 30s, mid 40s kind of thing. And it, it breathes new life into the idea that you don't have to be this stereotypical avatar to be, you know, the next thing and, or even just anything, you know, because yeah. I mean, just because you aren't Drake doesn't mean you're not making good music or you're not worth it or you're not doing something, it, you know, it, I think the thousand fan theory is, is something that I always want to stick to. It's like, if I can have a thousand people spend a hundred dollars a year on merch for me, that's a hundred thousand dollars and I can live comfortably. And that's something that I think it's taken for granted a lot because we're always striving to hit the next thing. I'm, I'm trying to get a billion now. I'm trying to get a trillion. I'm trying to get, you know, and, and it's like, well, what am I going to do with all that money? I could probably do a lot, honestly, <laughs> but um, cause that is a lot of power, but it's like, I know that doing all that work means that I'm probably neglecting real life, I'm probably neglecting my family or well, my. You're paying people you know, to fill that void, man, right? So yeah, you got yeah, like nannies, you got the chef, you got yeah, everybody, you, know? you got the organizer, the shopper, you got someone who's telling you what you should wear because this is your stylist. And it's. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it's great because. If you think about it, that's a mini economy, <laughs> you know, you true. literally are. You got your own GDP. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think it's cool because in that aspect, you're, you're creating jobs for people that you love and um, care about or whatever, or I guess in this case, just people who are doing the job, but um, you know, and that that's nothing to take for granted, but you know, I also would like to, plan my own stuff or yeah. you know what I mean have some autonomy um no doubt but you know I guess it's just it's just what comes with it um Dude, you gotta you gotta take you gotta take some of the some of the you gotta take a little bit of everything you know chew the chew the meat and spit out the bones of of everything you know I want to go back to soccer for a little bit because when I think hip hop, I don't think soccer at all. And I'm curious oh, yeah, about like yeah. hip hop vibe <laughs> on soccer bus rides. Was there a hip hop vibe at all? Oh yeah, man. Really? Like, like we we had rap battles, we had rap competitions. I remember when we went to camp. Um, this was my before my junior year. Um, we had like all the a lot of the kids there sitting in the back, whatever. We had rap battles and. Um, there was this one kid on the team. He was trying to just go to the bathroom. We're like, nah, you got to spit a 16 uh, or you can't go to the bathroom. And, you know what I mean? It was, it was one of those things where um, a lot of fun. And it did kind of like open me up to the idea of, yeah, maybe I, maybe I could do something like this. But, you know, it was still it was still at that time, I really wasn't telling people that I was actually trying to be serious about it. It, it was yeah. just you know more joking and and having fun yeah but um oh yeah bro a lot of the kids like we we would be i remember uh drake's take care album came out like around the time that 
you know, soccer season was for my senior year. And we were, you know, playing a bunch of those jams on the bus and, you know, going to games and stuff. So it's uh, pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah, I would not have expected that on on a soccer bus. I don't know what kind of music I was like stereotyping on a soccer bus because I've never coached soccer. And I'm like, for Mm -hmm. some reason, I'm just thinking like indie pop. Like really a bunch of really weird individual niche stuff where they're trying like I don't even know how to describe well, it. Like and, I, and I can see I can see that because a lot of soccer was based out of you know Europe. So yeah, that probably is a lot of your indie pop and you know FIFA. The, the FIFA's always have the the dope soundtracks, but it's right. it's multicultural like anybody can listen to it and enjoy it so no, I, I get that and you know i think that is something too that kind of i i stand out because i i'm not gonna be I, I don't have that traditional you know kind of archetype i, I guess you know what i mean like I, and, and i mean i'm automatically the outcast anyway because i'm white and in dabbling in hip hop. Yeah, I do a little bit of pop too, but you know, hip hop is something that, you know, I I definitely have a a strong, you know, love for because of just that time in my life when I discovered it. Um, But it, it, it's one of those things where it, it's, um, Wow, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're talking about the uh, archetype and just like the difficulty because like you wouldn't uh, yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, not not the archetype of, you know, a lot of hip hop. I'm, I'm automatically outcast because I'm, I'm white and, and a guest in hip hop. But, um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't play football. I didn't play basketball. I wanted to do wrestling. I did want to do wrestling, but it was the same season as soccer. So I was like, I'm, I'm choosing soccer. But, um, you know, there's, and, and just a different upbringing, you know, I, I I think I have a different unique perspective to give to the world and only I can do it. Um, and that's not, you know, egotistical or cocky or anything like that. It's literally like, Hey, I'm alive, I'm breathing and I'm my own, you know, person I think all of us are are interconnected in 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 one way or another but i'm my own individual expression you know in in this life so i think that i have the ability to to spread a message and and people receive it and maybe if they like it great you know but i definitely think that i have the ability to do that and i think anybody else does too i i i'm the first to tell people you can sing even if you think you suck at singing, you need to find your your key, your pitch. You know, I'm a I'm a tenor, and I, I could never be a baritone, or I could never be an an alto. You know, I, I can't be any anything other than what I am, and I just need to play on those strengths. I don't have a deep voice. I can't James Earl Jones anything. I can't. You know, <laughs> I, I don't I don't have a deep voice, so my music is not going to reflect that kind of style. Um, and it's just something about learning yourself. I, I used to always, when I would, when I was first making music, 
I would always use Drake as the example because he's he's got that he's got that deep voice, and then the music itself is drowned out so that he's center and at the top, talking to you. And I would always listen to my stuff. I mean, it doesn't sound like this. It doesn't sound like this. But over time, it's like you don't have you're not him and (laughs) you don't have his vocal inflections. You don't have, you know, anybody's style or, or vocal inflections. You got to figure out what yours are and, and work on that. You can be influenced by things. And I think it's great that I don't have those things because then it'd be easier to make that type of music and just fall into a similar you know, lookalike kind of, kind of artist, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think I have an interesting perspective to, to give to the world and, um, I'm, surprised I'm just living about, every day I'm <laughs> trying su- to, trying to do that. I'm surprised about the racial tones. I feel like, and not, not to like make it a thing, but as 40 year old me, my dude was the Eminem, right? So like Vanilla Ice when I'm whatever, 10. And it's yeah. just so fucking corny. You're trying to be yeah. like, is there is there a white dude that can actually rap? And then he tries to do like the reggae thing or something on the second album. And you're like trying way too hard, man. Like stop. Yeah. But like to me, like the first real one that you can, that I can connect with as white dude is like Eminem. And you're like, holy shit, this dude's like an actual rapper. Yeah, but now I feel like there's so many. Like Jack Harlow is another dude I discovered all of a sudden in my boomer age, and I'm like, that motherfucker flows like crazy. <laughs> like yeah. I, I don't understand. Like you don't have to play. Little Dicky likes to play like the I'm the white guy, and he likes to make it all corny and stuff. But like that's his thing. Yeah. There's so many dudes that I feel have come through, and like, it just seems like basketball players, same thing. Like, can you hoop or can you not hoop? And I'm, I'm, I felt like hip hop was more like, can you rap? Do you have flow? Do you not have flow? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, is it, I guess, is it still the experience for you? It's still a little awkward being the guest, being the white dude? Um. Well, it's not awkward because it's literally been like this from the jump. So <laughs> I can name, I can name at least like five or six events off the top of my head that, I was literally the only white person there. And it's cool because I look at it as I'm the underdog. They don't know what to expect when I step on stage. Because if I'm the only white dude there, they're all playing different type of hip hop, whatever. And I pull up, they're like, oh, you know, a lot of people would write me off. And and understandably so. Because Time to it's go like, get a drink at the bar. Yeah, I don't, like, <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. So, but then they hear what I have and, you know... <laughs> The, there was one instance actually where I had I had a like a more hyper song or whatever and um, I pulled up to this like plug and play and uh, <clears throat> I got my hat I got my name drawn in the hat went up there hey you know I'm producer songwriter whatever okay cool I play it they didn't expect anything that was about to come through there and it was it was definitely more hype and I and I was like I was hesitating I was gonna play a totally different song. Um, I don't know if you heard the depths that's actually re- uh, released on my uh, catalog right now. I was going to play that one. And then this other one is like totally the opposite. And I read the room and I was like, okay, they probably like this. So I did the more hype stuff and they were like, what the fuck is this? 
and because because they don't know what I'm about. So and I and I love getting those reactions because it's like I'm glad that you wrote me out because now I can prove myself even more. So, but it is something that I that I am conscious of because I don't want to be the guy that's the corny dude trying to rap or you know the the white boy tries to think that he's black or you know all, all the all the stuff that that can be said yeah um because you put yourself out there in this space and you know I understand as a whole like I'm a, I'm a guest in hip hop but I also think that a lot of the people around me give me great hospitality to make me feel like I'm wanted. <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's the thing too, is like, who am I going to listen to somebody on the internet or, or my friend who actually does this stuff and respects me as a, as an artist or MC. So, you know, I, I don't really have anything to prove to anybody because I've already proved it to myself. So at this point, like I do want to, you know, get in better graces. And, and that is one thing that I can say, you know, for everybody that's come before me in terms of white rappers, you know, it definitely, it definitely makes my lane a little bit easier to cruise down, but I'm still, I'm still cognizant of, you know, what you have to kind of not necessarily tiptoe around, but just be mindful of because, you know, you could say something and not mean it in a bad way, but it could come off in a, in a bad way for somebody else. Mm. And, you know, as long as I'm careful of that and, and respect the, the culture and respect, you know, and try to contribute something to it instead of just making money out of it, I don't really see anything wrong with it because at the end of the day, my friends are coming with me yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I don't, I think, I think at this point, yes, racism and, and things like that are, are still a very, very big issue in, in our culture. But I think on a, on a whole, as like my generation, I don't really think there's that as much as we think there is because everybody that I know, I don't, I don't look at skin on anything really. And I just know that I've never been, I've never been somebody to indulge in, you know, that, that kind of <laughs> craziness. Yeah. So it, at the end of the day, as long as I keep it, you know, I keep it just about the art of actually rapping yeah. or it's the art based. music, yeah. people can respect it because music transcends, you know, um, we can have this conversation right now, but if I sing it to you, it's going to, gonna be you're gonna you're gonna take it differently you know (laughs) you're gonna interpret it differently naturally so um it's the race thing's interesting and going with the i don't know why i'm like um into the age thing i think it's because i'm like reflecting on your generation and i which was right before i got into teaching maybe right around so like you might have been a kid in my class like eighth grade class the first year i started teaching right but going through now as a teacher, we get a ton of like the um, implicit bias training. Be be weary of your internal racism. Are you the systematic indifferences and injustice? And even at my age, I'm like, I don't think I grew up a ton of racists. I think I just grew up where like, were you an asshole or were you okay? 
And if like you were an okay guy, that's cool. And how did I know that? It was like when we played outside, were you a dick if things didn't go your way? Yeah, or yeah. like, did you always try to punch me? Okay, so like if we're joking and you get all upset, do you immediately try to beat me up? Well, I'm probably not going to enjoy being around you. Or do you go home and cry all the time? Okay, dude, well now like maybe you need to get a little tougher, right? Like it was all this, or like if you borrowed my Genesis, did did you give it back, <laughs> right? Like yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just simple shit where you were like, okay, that dude's cool, that guy's not cool. And it wasn't so much based around race. It was, it was just based around what you did and how you acted within our community, right? Like growing up. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of these people making decisions and doing these narratives about racism and all these trainings are kind of a little out of touch with what's actually happening day to day with kids because kids just see kids. And then if yeah. those kids grow up around other kids, they they know them. It's not it's not yeah. as racial. And, I really don't think it is. And, and, I, and I think... And it's one of those things where I agree with you on that because, you know, I, I've probably seen actual racism like go down in front of me, you know, less than a handful of times. Um, but then again, I also have to accept the fact that I don't really have to deal with that, yeah. you know, on a daily basis. So, you know, I can't really, ex I can't, uh, what's the word? I can't just say, okay, well, because I don't experience it, means yeah, that it, it doesn't, doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's why I'm mindful of it because especially in this space where it's, where I am the, the outsider. So, you know, and, and I don't want it to, I also, I also look at it where sometimes I get that imposter, imposter syndrome where it's like, well, are you just doing it because you're trying to look like you're da da da? And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, no, because I'm just trying to be mindful of how I can come across to people, not necessarily trying to save my ass, but, you know, I don't want to offend. I don't want to do something that can be perceived in a way. But if it is, then that's a great chance for us to have dialogue and conversation about it so that we can learn and grow from each other instead of, you know, pointing the finger of like, well, you're the, you know, you're, you're the enemy or whatever the case may be. Um, I think, you know, I think the, the fact that my mom never, she just told me to be a good person and treat people with respect. It wasn't, you know, hey, treat, treat white people with respect yeah. only, or, you know what I mean? It was never anything like yeah. that. It was just- Or just grow up with general. like the down talk. I feel like so many people, nowadays don't grow up with the like archie bunker type down talk that was like classic from the 60s and 70s when they grew up i i don't know it's just the vibes i get with kids and i'll, I'll i mean what fucking the one well, it's, it, it is different it is different now you know i mean yeah my dad and my mom they were probably still in school when, well, I know my dad was for sure, was was still in school when, you know, the segregation stuff was still going on. But, you know, by the time, it's like, I'm, I'm born in the 90s. By the time I'm yeah. born, uh, nobody, like, yeah, it's still a thing. And, and there's always those, you know, 
even even as kids we had we had those those jokes about you know jews or black people and white people and spanish people and you well, know there's always those jokes about every single uh stereotype and it, and it's funny because some of the times the reason why the stereotype is the stereotype is because it's part of it's true right. but wasn't that like chris rock I, th- I think that was like I mean, a Chris Rock. Yeah, he bit. definitely he definitely had one. It was like where it's a stereotype he, he for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, but but you know, th- there's truth to that. But at the same time, there's people that you know, some people can take jokes better than others, and we're in an era now where you know you can't really make a lot of those jokes, and you know, instead of trying to fight the system or fight the you know, cancel culture or whatever. It's like, no, I don't, I don't even really care that much to to you know go out of my way to try and ruffle feathers or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, if if you guys are talking about it, like I'll be mindful. You know, I don't I don't want to offend. I, I just want to help people and spread my message in any way that I can. So give off a good vibe. I, I just want to enhance and make it a good time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, like I want to, I want to contribute something. I don't want to just be here and soaking up whatever and, and just, you know, stepping all over everything. I, I want to actually, you know, if I'm coming into your garden, I'm trying to plant a tree. I'm not trying to destroy your flower bed. You know, that, that I guess that's, a good way to put it <laughs> and very pro earth yeah but i wonder how much with the apprehension do you think was skill based versus i don't belong here imposter syndrome based as you were dealing with that well, earlier cuz that's a good point like that's a weird do I, like how do you even separate that like do i actually suck or am i just not supposed to do this cuz i'm not a typical part of the hip hop culture well and and you know all of that, what I just said, kind of contradicts the fact that I never really thought about that. Like, <laughs> like, 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 in terms of like being white, I never thought about that until you know probably a couple years ago. But you know, when I first was starting, it had nothing to do with anything other than yo, it's competitive, and and I'm trying to do this because this seems like something I want to do. And then it just grew into, you know, having a love for it and really trying to perfect the craft. But um, I think the apprehension more so was just the inner self-talk of they're not going to like it or you're, you know, I used to think that my parents would disapprove of me trying to do this or whatever the case. And then I finally told them and they were there at my first show. So it's like, I can't really, you know what I mean? Like, like they even showed up to my last show. I had it on the 30th and they showed up, sat front row. And it's, and it's just one of those things where you can go through a lot in life to the point where you self-talk yourself down from so much where you create your own roadblocks. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's very, you know, people don't people don't address that enough. And you know, I always kind of like my mother always have had that you know, need to want to help people or, you know, people pleaser kind of thing. And you learn real quickly getting burned a couple times where you care more or 
show more and you get burnt and you realize that it's like, okay, well, I kind of just have to kind of have to learn, <laughs> you know, that things just happen that way. So what do you mean get burned a couple times? Well, you know, you, you, you go ahead and you put, you put more out there. Um, you think that the friendship or whatever is deeper than it is. And you, you do some things for people and maybe they don't reciprocate or they take advantage of you. And <clears throat> after learning that, it's like, okay, well, I'm still going to give, but without the expectation of like, oh, what can you do for me? Or is there something mutual from it? You know, if, it, if there's a mutual agreement and we put a contract on it, then it's like, okay, that's a different story. Yeah, but, well, that's business. You know, that's not giving. Yeah, 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 exactly. But if I'm just going to do something out of the kindness of my heart, I know now that just because I did something nice for you doesn't mean that you have to do something nice for me or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of more transactional uh, yeah. way of thinking. And, you know, I, I think that that's just, you know, with, with growing up, you kind of learn that. Um, and yeah. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can I know, just... ask a little bit more about the mom influence or the family influence? Cause it's, I'm oh, curious okay. about the pop 40 and then, being hesitant to tell them, hey, I'm into rapping, so now they actually support you. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I mean. Like, when, did they think it was devil music? Or what was the no, no, issue no, with no. rap? Um, That's me no, being I hyperbolic, mean, my, by the way, mom. My mom, <laughs> she she grew up, well, my parents both grew up, you know, it was, it was like 60s, 70s. And um, they have their, you know, favorite music and, and things like that. But I think it was just more so my parent, my mom didn't want me like around cursing or anything like that. Like they never cursed in the house. Um, anytime that, you know, we ever did curse, it was like a bad thing. And, you know, uh, over time, like now, you know, I'll, I'll pull up on my mom and she be like, fuck this shit. You know, and it's funny because, you know, me and my brother, we, we had influence on them to kind of curse a little bit more i guess it's not really a good thing to to flex but um you know the the comfortability where it it, it was something where as a kid you know we were we weren't listening to the the, the radio stations that played hip-hop or more vulgar stuff it was you know i'm listening to uh christina aguilera and avril lavigne and, and alicia keith and you know, in sync and Aaron Carter and you know, uh, guy guys like that, uh people like that. Um hip hop royalty, Aaron Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yes, it's a beat check. Um <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know uh yeah she she there's one thing about her man is is she is a super, super loving woman and she, I can never say in my life that I don't know if my mom loves me because she definitely does. Um, but she definitely kept me, um, I, I guess you could say sheltered a, a little bit, but, you know, it was, it was up to me to, to venture out and find, you know, Eminem or, you know, hip hop in general and once I started to really dive into it, I really started to like it. And, you know, um, 
they don't really approve when you're listening to Lil Wayne talk about you know fucking bitches and having threesomes yeah. and sixty nine and all the you know they they don't really want to hear that playing in the house you know yeah so you know naturally just based on the content and the lyrics of what I'm talking about or what what the artist is talking about it's like okay well you know they're not really approving of that so then if i go out and i'm i'm writing lyrics now where at the time i was you know writing like lil wayne or writing like tyga or guys like that and and i'm saying stuff that i probably wouldn't say now and you know i was like well and and now i understand that it's it's the intuition saying well the reason why you, you're too scared to show is because you don't think that they would approve of it. Mm. So, um, you know, it, and over time, now I've now I'm starting to make music where you know my mom is singing it and she's listening and and rocking out to it. So, it it really just it, it's about the maturity of it because the first project it's like I'm talking about a whole bunch of stuff that you know realistically. Do I really need to be saying all that? No, probably not. <laughs> and, you know, um, now it's a little bit more palatable. It's a little bit more, you know, down to earth. And, and, and I try my best to make sure that there is no cursing. Um, I, I try to be very mindful of that. And I'm not saying that it won't ever happen, but I definitely am a lot more mindful of it. So if I'm going to curse, I'm cursing because... I mean to, not just because it's just word diarrhea and I don't know what I'm saying, you know? So, but, you know, my goal definitely is to, to have palatable music for everybody. I want, I want, I want my grandma to be able to listen to it and, you know, my future kids to be able to listen to it, you know, while they're still young. Yeah. Right. Before they're 21. (laughs) You know? I don't want to. I don't want to have to say, man, you can't listen to daddy's music until you're 18 or 21, yeah. because I'm talking about popping zans and a bunch of crazy stuff. But it, it, you know, um, which I, I don't have that kind of music anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to the goal of wanting to help other kids in the area it's like if i'm gonna pull up to my old high school i can't be pulling up with you know vulgar music and you know i also learned because of the power of words you know you don't need there's there's a plethora of other words that you can use to insinuate the same thing that's a good point but without um, being so graphic yeah and and i mean hey there's a time and place for all that. And I'm, and I'm here for all that, you know? Um, I, I don't, I don't judge anybody in that regard. And I, and I still have a problem sometimes with cursing too much and I'm getting a lot better because I started with the music. I'm like, Hey, if I could be mindful in the music and be very intentional with the words that I'm choosing, yeah. then maybe it'll trickle over into my real life where I'm not gonna, you know, curse a lot. Dude, it really can be like, like, whatever saying bitch can be the same thing as being like, you know, or that's awesome. Instead of being like, that's awesome. That's some, that, that's my shit. That's my shit. And then you're like, okay, well maybe we could get into some tier two vocabulary. That's a bit more specific and descriptive in its nature. And and, and it's like, and it's like, you can use fuck 
for every single, you can use it as a verb, an adjective, a noun, a, you know what I mean? You could use it for anything. Talk about and, a linchpin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ain't kidding there. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you can use a lot of, well, there's science behind it too, which is interesting. There, there's several like yeah. legit studies that say you're more, and see, I'm gonna fuck up the word. And it's interesting as I'm buying time to think of the word, I put a curse word in there. I say I'm gonna fuck up the word. It's not empathetic, but you can connect with people in a more genuine way by cursing yeah. than you can without. And then I believe it's even like an emotional intelligence where if you can curse appropriately, it shows that you can gauge what curse words, innuendo, other people will take. Like you were saying, whether it's an adjective, verb, or noun, if yeah, you can yeah, use yeah. it correctly, you actually have a higher <laughs> level of emotional intelligence because you're able to understand what people around you will understand. And yeah. it's interesting. But at the same time, when you try to be a little bit of a role model and you try to be respectful of people, it puts you in an awkward position. Or some would say it puts you in a fucked up position. And it's like, why, yeah. can't, why can't we say awkward? <laughs> like, yeah. Why is yeah. that terrible? And, and that's, that's why I'm also, you know, I listen to music with cursing all the time. I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not out here claiming no moral high ground or anything, but no purity. you know, like no I, I just, I, I definitely, was that? No, I'm just thinking like Weird Al Yankovic. Do you remember, um, what, what was not oh, gangster's yeah. paradise, but like the Amish paradise? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, and that's, that's actually another influence. Like my mom let me listen to Weird Al, but she didn't let me listen. Like I listened to, um, <coughs> uh, yeah, that, that whole, the whole album of whatever. Uh, and and Dude, it's he like, was I a could, genius. I could, the Jurassic Park is only frightening in the dark. Do you remember that? <laughs> like the video was claymation. It was so yep. good. And then, and then he had he had the eBay song. He also had the, uh, um, oh man, there was so many. Dude, oh, was... riding dirty. He said white and nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> but Dude, but that's... it's like you know, no. and, and, and it is it, it, there is a skill in that, and he found yeah. his own lane with that, and it's yeah. like. You can't knock somebody for that. You know, he literally he literally embraced the corny white dude so that I don't have to. <laughs> That's a good you know, little Dicky embraced the corny white dude so I don't have to. Yeah. You know, and 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 going back to Jack Harlow, you know, I like the dude's music and I think I think he'd be a cool dude to chill with, but um, you know, he's really paved the way for white rappers being cool. You know, I mean, Mac Miller definitely started that and he kind of he kind of more blossomed into more than just a rapper. Like he he had always had the guitar playing skills. He had always been a drummer and a bass yeah, player. That's and what piano player. But he just decided to rap. And then once he realized he put himself in a box, he started to really expand and and grow his musical palette, which is freaking awesome. But um you know it, he was never like he was big but i think i think in terms of like stardom of people knowing who they are i definitely think jack harlow is a lot further along than than mac was at if you're comparing time frames and stuff but um yeah cuz i'm trying to think like eminem seemed very adversarial where jack harlow seems very accepted 
Like M was angry, yeah. aggressive, yeah. looking to well, piss people off. He was off. the first. He was literally the the first well, barrier breaker. So like House of, and I was sitting here in our conversation. I can't believe I forgot House of Pain jump around and like I don't know when hits from a bong came out compared to the real Slim Shady stuff. Yeah, but I'm like um, House of Pain. So if we're going on the spectrum, it's like the Vanilla Ice, then House of Pain. But did they get tunneled because they were Irish? Like that's even, I feel yeah, like I might've been seven or eight, but M, M seemed to be the real hip. Like, I don't know if House of Pain really got cred, credit for being hip hop. I still well, think it was like yeah. white boys rapping versus a rapper who's white. If that makes sense. Like, it, it's yeah. like, what adjective do you put first? Are you a rapper or are you the white boy rapper? Are you a rapper who's white or are you the white boy rapper? And like Harlow seems like he's yeah, a rapper that's, that's white. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think I think that that's kind of the the lane that I would rather be too. Is just like I'm just I just happen to be this, you know. I just happen to be white, and because at the end of the day, I've I, I've been mindful of it, but I've never you know paid attention explicitly to. Like, oh, well, I can't do this because I'm white. Now, obviously, I can't say the N-word or anything like that. Because that's just crazy. That's just crazy talk. But, yeah. you know. Ask uh, Joe Rogan. What's that? <laughs> Ask Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that, that's a whole different can't bag of worms. But, um, but you know, it's like it's like there's, there's certain things where it's like, well, duh. Like, uh, of course, I'm not saying that. Um, but you know, otherwise, but it really, I mean, like, like aside from that, it kind of like, that's, that's kind of like the one can't do it. You can get into any content that connects to your life and do it in a hip hop means. Like it's not really yeah. white. Isn't really limiting your ability to be a hip hop artist because no, you can't actually, say one word. Actually it's making it, it, it it's, it, it's making it bigger because there's more appeal and and I understand that that because I'm white I could probably get more of a fan base than maybe somebody who's black and and I have to accept that fact um I can't really fight it or shake it I kind of just have to accept it because I can probably get in rooms that certain rappers can't just because of how I present myself and, are you talking you know, like, or are you thinking like business or are you thinking like consumers, like there's more people out there with discretionary funds who are going to connect to a white dude and purchase your product? Or is it more like a business oh, meeting? Both, man, honestly, because at the end of the day, most of the people who are going to shows are, are white suburban people, you know, and, <laughs> Soccer and players. You, know, you have a lot of these black rappers <laughs> and, and R&B artists or even singers, whatever. And, you know, half the crowd is white because those are the people that are buying the tickets, you know, and it, and, it, and it's it's sad that that is the way it is, but it's just the fact of the matter. So you can either get upset about it and, you know, try and rally for it or you just accept it and say, OK, well, what do I do with this data? Do I do I morph it and adjust and pivot or do I complain about it? And I mean, only thing you can really do is pivot if you really want to do something, right. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, business wise as well as it's like, okay, well, you know, realistically, if I had a whole bunch of tats on my face, 
there's only there's only so many different companies that would work with me you know what i mean like those people who are literally rappers and they like they got so many tattoos and all over their face whatever they have no other option and there's some people that explicitly state that they're like yo i have no other option so i'm committed to this so boom i'm patting my face i'm doing whatever i can to show you that i'm about that lifestyle but you know i i don't I try not to uh, get consumed in that whole uh, peer pressure lifestyle, you know, because it's like it, it never does anything good for you if you're doing it just because you think that somebody wants you to do it. But, it goes back to being disingenuous. Uh, like you're not authentic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're doing it to fit a mold, well, like you need to be your own mold. I, I genuinely <coughs> feel, and I try to tell my daughter this a a lot is like whatever it is you're into you got to make sure you're okay with being you in it if you get into something all of a sudden you feel like you can't act how you want to act that should not be for you because you're going to be hella unhappy dealing with that all day whether it's a job whether it's a relationship like you you should not be hanging out with some dude and all of a sudden you got to feel like you got to act stupid or you got to be extra smart like if you're dumb at math and this dude makes you feel bad about being dumb at math, ditch the dude. He ain't the one for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like so like I I think if you get pegged into things and you start trying to be stuff you're not, you might be able to do it for a season or two, might be able to get an album out, might be able to, you know, ride it for a little bit. Yeah. But there's no way you can sustain some sort of like solid mental health not yeah. being you. Well, and, and that that's that's a, a lot of these artists that you come to find that they're not really about what they're saying that they're about or they're, you know, other people are writing their songs so they don't have any, you know, emotional ties to it or connection to it. And um, they get found out or whatever the case may be. And <laughs> Dude, it, did you, <laughs> sorry, did you see the Drake replying to that one dude? It was might have been like a week ago. Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he was like, he your girl's um, Instagram up or whatever. He was like, yeah. so your son's gonna hang with Ghost Riders, and he was like, Drake follow follows your wife, trolls lady. Some... Oh man, yeah. I mean, well, I, that's that's the power of fame, I guess. You know? Dude, I was like, what do you think of Ghost Riders? I was just like, that was so like talking about like because we've just dealt with like negativity. The when people clap back that sort of way, it's amazing who have that clout. Oh yeah, I mean, hey, and like I said, I try to take the moral high ground all the time, but I can't I'm wait not, till you slip up that way. I'm not perfect. I can't wait till you're like, you know what, your girl clearly she ain't happy with you. I'm gonna add a little <laughs> excitement in her life. I'm gonna I give mean, her something to talk about on Monday. I, oh man, and it, 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 it is funny because it's like, yo, like. <laughs> He's got the power. He knows what he can do with that one follow, and that girl she turned a whole new, whole new lady. Yeah. But dude, um, that'd be some data to get into. Like, what do you think that actually did to her? Like, th- does she get to like catapult that into something? Does she have like sponsors messaging her? I think her? he tried to. I think he tried to. He tried to spin it off into growing a following or whatever, and everyone was like, "Nah, bro." Like. Take your 15 minutes of fame and that's it. 
he's trying to spin it into like merch and business and it's like all right bro you know you're trying too hard at this point oh, but that's a good point the market the market corrected it well yeah i mean well and that's the thing is it's like you're getting clowned and i mean well it, if you did it right it could work because i remember when 50 cent and the game were beefing you know, in the early 2000s and 50 Cent owned the website and the the copyright to, um, oh, I forget what it was. It was, uh, um, the game had like a G-Unit disc and basically 50 Cent bought the, the name like, and, and whatever. And he was making the shirts and he was profiting oh. off of the, the disc. Because he did it the right way, so like he's like, yeah, keep keep saying, keep saying, screw G Unit, whatever. They're buying these shirts like nobody's business, and and it's like that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to be on yeah, if, if, if it ever does happen. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to capitalize like that. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get in useless stuff for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing too is they they say that a lot of these beefs or whatever beefs are all manufactured anyway because it's just it's just more public you know this is more of the public getting invested in the the drama the celebrity you know soap opera <laughs> but you know it, it's just funny how it works but you know i think uh kind of tie it all back i mean really just I'm, I'm just trying to keep my mind focused on the goal and not trying to let a lot of these outside influences you know alter my perception of myself i guess you know do you write i I know you said writer right do you write the majority of your songs all of your songs your raps do you have a couple people that you like bounce ideas off of and they give you like a little bit of figurative language sprinkle in here there yeah i mean i will definitely you know i love connecting with people and even before we go to make something, having a conversation like, hey, where's the headspace? You know, what are we looking to do? X, Y, Z. Um, you know, in terms of like actually writing, yes, I write all my stuff. Um, I do bounce ideas off of people. Um, and, you know, I've, I've written stuff for other people to say and other people have written stuff and they're like, hey, I want you to say it. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where it really depends on the context. Like if I'm, if I'm saying like, Hey, yeah, I, this whole song that I spit 32 bars or whatever, and I didn't write a single thing like that, that might be an issue. But if it's like, (laughs) Hey, you know, my friend, he's got his project and he's like, Hey man, your voice would be perfect if you're saying these words. Okay, cool. You know, uh, you say these eight bars or singing this or that, whatever, you know, I don't see a problem with that because at the end of the day, it's not my project. So like, I'm just helping his project become better because he's adding different elements and things like that. But, you know, as far as like writing something that, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't write myself. Like, no, Um, I like to, to do everything myself, yeah. <laughs> you know, is it- then, then it, then, you know, there, there is times where you can write something and it can be so good that 
you know, multiple people can, you know, take it from a different point of view and, and, and relate to it. And that's really good writing is where you can make everyone feel inclusive. But, um, you know, uh, somebody wrote something of like, yo, I'm packing heat and, you know, selling this and doing that. I, I couldn't, I couldn't say that. That's <laughs> I, was, I was even thinking like the, uh, similar to the bots and downloads, could you imagine mm-hmm. blowing up over someone else's words in a song? And like some somebody wrote your viral hit and then yeah. like what's track two? And it's like, oh, you wrote that one? Nah. <laughs> and like skip, <laughs> skip, skip, skip. And that um, would be hor- like you would crash. You'd almost be suicidal. Um, and and that's you know, from from what I've gathered of the industry, and trust me, I'm not in the industry. I work I work around the industry enough to know some of the inners, but you know, from from what I gather is there's a lot of artists like that where their whole albums are written by other people. You know, Max Martin is one of the the world's you know the, this generation's like most popular songwriter and he's not even he's not even out in the public eye like that dude there was a guy older than me i think he wrote half of olivia rodrigo's album sour that went nuts or at least was on like five or six different tracks and the dude might be 45 and he's writing teenage hits yeah um i don't know about that dude but um, I know for sure Max Martin. He he wrote he wrote uh, uh, a bunch of the Britney Spears album, like uh, "Baby Hit Me Baby One More Time." <laughs> he he did like a bunch of Justin Timberlake and In Sync stuff. Uh, the Weekend, Can't Feel My Face. Um, oh, you know he he's he's done stuff from the '90s till now, and he has a specific formula for songwriting. And he'll uh, Katy Perry. He's written a lot of stuff for her and uh, Kesha and people like that. So, and it's like, he's literally writing and he'll produce the, he'll produce the song. He'll write the song and he'll lay the reference track. And then Katy Perry will come in and he'll be like, here's your song. Rehearse it and re-record exactly the way that I said it. And she does it and it's a hit. (laughs) So it's like, she's literally writing nothing. She's just rehearsing and regurgitating what Max Martin is writing. And I mean, shit, that'd be the best way to be in this industry. I would love to do that. Write a bunch of songs for other people and then not have to be dealing with the crazy stress of being the the artist. Um, And I could just sit back and collect royalty checks. I'd love that. You know, (laughs) I I definitely. That 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 is definitely on the on the goal. Like I want to be in the industry to the point where I'm working with people. Now, do I want to be the you know the full on hundred percent artist? You know, maybe maybe one day. But you know, for right now, I don't I don't really see that as the 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 final goal. Um, but yeah, writing for other people, hell yeah, I would you know? Because that that's that's easy money. That's just hey. Here's the song, you know, we can tweak it, whatever, but here's the song. You want to buy it? <laughs> no? Okay. You want to buy it? Yeah? Okay, cool. Yeah, once you get a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it's over. And it's interesting. Well, like the people... Then people know you, and then you have you have more leverage because you're the guy who wrote that song. You're the guy who wrote this song. What I'm wondering is, like, how many actual gatekeepers are there? 
so like when you talk about Timberlake, Spears, Perry, Insync, you're you're looking at like a cluster, and I guess Kesha would be a little out of that typical cluster because a lot of those were like Disney people, maybe not Katy Perry, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're like, it always comes down to decision makers, and as you level up, it's a pyramid, and it gets thinner and thinner, and then there's individuals. And you're like, how many people does this guy actually need to know? Four? And if he just knows four major players, they trickle that down. And now you have access to thousands of artists that we think might hit off of this. Yeah. It's really like when you make it that simple, it's really weird to think about. Well, and um, there there is a a dude that um, I've – followed for a long time i met him in college and um i just followed his his trajectory and he's written songs for a ton of artists that that are big nowadays and um he actually has like three grammys which is crazy based on just songwriting and um he from what i gather is it's like he'll go into making a song with the idea that this person is going to be on the song. So if I'm making a song for Chris Brown, I'm going to put myself in Chris Brown's shoes and write a song. Or, you know, if I'm writing for Meg Thee Stallion, I'm putting myself in Meg Thee Stallion's shoes and I'm writing based on that. And, um, you know, that's, I guess that's just the way that, you know, the people think about it of even like, somebody like Max Martin, he'll make the song and be like, Katy Perry would be perfect for this. Yeah, or movie writers do that. Movie writers are like, I wrote this role for blank actor. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's yeah. much different, but it's weird no. to think about. Cause I think when you're a kid, you know, 14 year old, you 16 year old me, there's no fucking way. I think Britney Spears didn't actually write hit me baby one more time. Like that's yeah. her song. Yeah. And then you realize, yeah. wait, she did nothing for, she just danced and someone told yeah. her how to dance. She didn't well, even come up with the dance. She, she knew how to sing and she knew how to uh, pitch her singing because that, that voice said, and they, she did that on purpose <laughs> because they told her to, cause it would make her sound, you know, more like a little girl. Right. Cause that's who they were trying to appeal to. Yeah, so, outfits clearly emphasize um, that. Oh point. yeah, yeah, and and just the just the whole approach, but um, yeah, it, it that would be that would be a, a, a that would be definitely a, a a bucket list check to to write songs for somebody and, and make some money off that because then because then at that point like dude talk about passive get, income right yeah, like, oh, that's the goal yeah. passive income hell yeah. <laughs> And, and that, that's the thing, man, because all you need is one. All you need is one. And once that one takes off, then from there, it's, it's about, all right, how can you follow it up? And as long as you're consistent and, and um, in quality, I think, I think you have a pretty good shot. But, you know. <laughs> Dude, I'm, and I, I don't know. It's, I, we're on the same time frame. It's 11 o'clock. I probably should actually prepare for my day to be a teacher tomorrow. Um, yeah. <laughs> but man, I'm pretty excited that I came across you and your music, man. I'm excited that now I get to like follow you on Instagram and just see 
where life takes you. It's part of one of the cooler things talking to creative people, artists, music people, like anybody who does stuff, people who open up MMA gyms. Like it's fucking cool to like see your videos now and be like, dude, you had this dream. I think I've been doing the pod a little over two years. There was ultra runners who were debating like, you know, I want to try to get to Everest. And now they're like sponsored and they're going to Everest in like two weeks. Dude from Hawaii. Yeah. Shout out Dill Daddy episode like 27 or some shit. And like two years later, the dude created a, a clothing brand. He's sponsored. He's going to Everest. He gets to like run and work out because he's a gorgeous Samoan individual with like a six pack in hair. And you're like, dude, that's cool. That was your dream. And it actually happened. And I feel the way you talk, man. I don't know what the realization is going to be, but I'm excited to like be able to social stalk you and follow it. Like it, it, it's kind of cool, man. I'm excited to see where this goes for you. Well, no, I really appreciate that. And I, I'm glad that uh, you came across the ad too. That that was the whole goal, you know, finding new people who might be interested. And, you know, you saw one 30 second clip and, and from there we're now we're two and a half hours deep right. in conversation. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely look forward to, um, to, to building and, and possibly even hopping on again or whatever, whatever might happen. You know, I, I, I like to, to network and, and have a connection of people that, you know, we can, we can build a tribe with, you yeah. know? Oh dude, that's hilarious. That's his brand tribe. The Dylan guy oh, that wow. I'm telling you about from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. It was like the tribe collection. And it's just, that was his vibe was like, I want to build this tribe of individuals who are about a healthy lifestyle, who are about working out, about realizing their potential, overcoming goals, almost like David Goggins ish. Okay. But like way more, way less aggro. <laughs> Goggins. Gotcha. I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins. Yeah, I've I've read some of his stuff. Okay, stay hard, and he's like, my inner bitch is talking to me. I got like, <laughs> Dylan's not like that. He's way more against toxic masculinity. But like, you know, like it's funny that you say tribe because that's that's the vibe. I think people are looking to just with the internet and whatnot find people outside of their personal like in person connection. That it's they just can actually it's just a like glorified high school, man. Everyone's trying to find their niche, their crowd that they can hang out with at the lunch table. It just point. so happens that the world is now a giant ass high school, and there's more than just one or two or seven niches. There's a lot of different ones, and you know you gotta go sit at each little table and figure out, you know, what do I like about this? What do I not like? And the beautiful thing is you can take all those pieces of what you don't like or what you like, put it together, and somebody on the internet will find that. With the right uh, marketing. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. With the right marketing, somebody will, somebody will find that and relate to it enough that they can connect with you. And, and that's the thing, too, is it's like I don't like the idea of – you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like an internet Jesus or anything. I don't want people following me. Like, I don't need, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, would, I think of it more as, hey, this is, this is a fan. This is somebody I can connect with as opposed to, oh, I got these followers. And, you know, th- these people are going to do everything I say to do because they're following me. Or, you know what I mean? Like, people can get crazy with that. But, um, you know, it's just a network. It's just a network. And, you know, the network is growing and 
and it's cool because the the moment that I go to put my stuff out there and and really put some money behind it, um, in addition to making the songs, um, you know, I'm seeing some seeing some kickback and yeah it's coming in followers but it's also coming in people that follow me and then they dm me and say hey you know i really like the song hey i you know i i feel something you know you 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 breathe new life into that song or whatever the case may be and you know had a couple heartfelt dms from 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 fans and and it's just it's cool to be able to relate and you know, have no idea what somebody else is going through and them say, hey, man, you helped me out get through the day. And if I can do that, man, like that's I'm winning because I remember many times when I was a kid and, you know, Kid Cudi, Drake and probably I mean, those those two are pretty pretty much the big the big two. Kid Cudi and Drake are are two. Uh, Mac Miller, I guess I could throw them in there. But um, those three, you know, that was a heavy rotation for me in high school. You know, I and they helped me out a lot. You know, and these are people that will probably never know how much that their music has helped me. And you know, Mac Miller definitely know, but. You know, it, it, but it's just, it's just crazy how, you know, I can see that kind of rippling on a small scale, but still rippling the other way where it's like, wow, the nope. same things that I was feeling of like, wow, you, you helped me, you helped me, save me from a dark place or a dark time. And now I'm getting the same messages and it's, it, it's, it's really it's really exciting. Yeah, uh-huh. dude, even if it's not on the same scale, it's no less important, right? Like an no, impact's an no. impact. It's, so that, I mean, that's well, a really big deal and that's a really cool perspective to have. And I'm glad you touched on that because I've always been on the mindset of, I'm pretty sure that, you know, none of us have similar experience uh, to the T. To but <clears throat> I think a lot of people also try to compare or, you know, uh, brag about who's got it the worst or whatever, you know, like I came, I came out the mud, I got it or things like that. And, and I'm under the notion that we all grieve similarly in terms of like your most intense moment could be, could be nothing to me, but my most intense moment can feel the same as yours. Yeah. But it has a different, uh, it's caused by something different, but it doesn't mean that I don't feel the same pain or the same loss or grief or whatever. It's just, what was the catalyst for it? And I think the moment we take away, you know, the catalyst as the, you know, the, the deciding factor, as opposed to, you know, the intensity of the grief or whatever, you know, the moment we put that in front, I think we're going to start like being able to relate a lot better. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I, I did not grow up in a, in, in a one parent household. Like I had both parents. I can't, you know, I can't say that I have had those struggles, but 
you know, based on whatever was going through in my life, you know, this, this instance or whatever that was very um, hard for me felt like something like this, even though it wasn't the same instance. So uh, I hope I said that correctly, but yeah, no, dude, I think that's uh, an actually there, there's a clinical term for that. Cause I've gone to trainings and I really suck at terms, but it's like, if you take out the context, the pain is the same. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like it's just, so, we, we can't compare it's like, context. But it's like if, I can, if I can put out there that I felt this pain yeah. and you can grasp that, we share something. Yeah. So hot's like, different to every to hot's different to everybody, right? Like what, yeah. what you want your house temperature to be for coolness oh, yeah. versus my versus coolness. But at the same time, we'll both feel cool in whatever that temperature is. And yeah, pain, suffering, perspective. joy, uh, all that <laughs> stuff is the exact same. It's all a relative yeah. feel. And if you can take away the context and just focus on the actual emotion itself, it helps you to understand like, quit being a bitch versus like, oh dude, you're like, that's a that's your struggle right now. <laughs> and that's yeah. gonna be the most serious thing in your life. And I should maybe take that a little more seriously and not crap on you just because I've been through way more tough things. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that that's just that's just in general because we like to compare sports teams, we like to compare muscles, we like yeah. to compare well, any 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 and everything, you know? And I think people just they lose grasp on like the 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 human the most important yeah, the most important <laughs> elements, which is the human element. The human. And you know, uh, all I want to do, man, is just is just relate to people. And if you, if you can feel what I'm feeling and it touched you in a way, then that's all I'm here to do, man. I I don't want to be looked at as some moral high ground. I don't want to be looked at as you know some savior or whatever the case. I, I'm not trying to be glorified or deified. I'm not trying to do none of that because that's not. It, it's too much. It's too much. You know, like that. That's just, you know, it, the minute the minute you start thinking of yourself as you know, I'm better than you or I'm higher than you or whatever the case. It's like no. Um, you know, I could make better choices or whatever the case may be, but it doesn't mean I'm better than you. You know, I I I shit and eat the same as everyone else. You know, and I can't. I can't put myself above anybody else because I don't know what anybody else is going through. And, um, yeah, I just try to be mindful of that. You know, it's awesome that you're trying to put music and create things for people to connect to. So whatever it is they're dealing with, they can cope a little better. And hopefully if you can cope with some music and get some stuff out, it's way better than coping in all these negative ways. That yeah, can harm your body, you know? If you can like, jam to something, yell, scream, rap along, sing along, and get that emotion, get that energy out there versus you yeah. got to take something to numb it. You got to go find somebody to fuck it away. And now you're whatever, STD and babying. And it's like, God, maybe if you could, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if a song takes away the emotions of wanting to have sex, but like it's one of those things where people will want to be around other people. And if Most they can songs listen- will probably make it so that they want to, but <laughs> that, that's a conversation for another day. Um, right. But, but, but if no, you can feel I, I connected, I think it's you're looking for the connection. And some people it's yeah. easier to go find that physical connection where sometimes maybe if you can get that through a musical connection, that's cool too. And it'll probably make you at the end of the day, feel a little better about yourself because you don't have to wake up with you in the bed and think of an excuse to get away because you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> you're not really there. You were just in their ear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing too. Is it's like, yeah, if, if you can, if you can relate, awesome. If you can't, then maybe it's not for you and that, and that's okay. Yeah. I, I don't want everybody to be my fan because one of y'all has got to be fake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and, 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 it, and it's just one of those things too, where I don't, I don't want to be everybody's favorite. I don't want to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, when you try to do that, then you, then you're setting yourself up for a lot of expectations or, you know, it's like, I, I keep bringing him up, but it's a perfect example. Cause he just dropped. It's like Kendrick, um, he's held in such high regard in hip hop where he's the savior of rap or the savior, the second coming of whatever. And he totally shattered all those, you know, expectations of himself with this new album. And, and it's like, he's like, listen, I'm not the guy that you think I am. And I don't want to be the guy that you think I am. Like, I'm still just trying to learn myself and, and build myself, heal from my own trauma like I now I ha, like I have a wife and kids and now I got to hold the whole world. You know, that's that's crazy. That must be that must be intense stress. <laughs> and, you know, just like no wonder it took him five years to 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 release another album. He was overthinking of everything. It's like, what am I even going to say? What what can I do? You know, and God. I feel for I feel for people like that because it's like, you know, I, I just don't want to have those expectations. I just want to be that cool dude that, you know, or, or I mean, I'll, I'll even be the nerdy dude. I don't care. Like, I, I'm just the dude that if, if nobody else is going to rock with you, I'll rock with you. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I guess that that's just how it is, you know. Um. <laughs> All right, man. Well, dude, I, David, I appreciate you rocking with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. yeah, no problem. I, so I appreciate much. you reaching out to me, Sean. This is this has been great. Uh, it's been good getting to know you, and um, uh, I guess you guys getting to know me. So, right. <laughs> yeah, man. And if you ever expand that tour circle and come up the East Coast, that'd be kind of cool. Do you have? Is that like a goal? Little? I know I, it's a weird like contradiction, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to be big, but I don't want to be big. Kind of a thing. Do yeah. you like hope to be like, hey, I can have an East Coast like an I ninety five tour. And get all the way up to like. Oh, I would Boston. love. I would love to have the whole United States. At least, at least like certain pockets. Just you know, it doesn't have to be every city, <laughs> and not every rapper. Not even all the big rappers go to every city. You know, they go to the the main cities where it's at least like a two three hour drive from like a, a central pocket. And if I can touch eighteen of those pockets, I basically just did a whole uh, United States tour. But yes, in terms of East Coast. You know, I definitely, um, I've been noticing after running the ads, I'm getting a lot of pop-up um, in like the Carolina areas, in the um, California, 
uh, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon areas, Seattle, um, New, York. It, New York. Seattle is a big, like, they just seem to love music out there, man. They love oh, yeah. creative people. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, those are, those are definitely markets that I want to tap more into because there's other independent artists out there that I can go visit with or, you know, connect with and, you know, <clears throat> just other scenery. You know, I basically work from home, you know, my computer. So <laughs> what is stopping me yeah, from right. touring or going places? And it, you know, doesn't have to be the official tour of like, I'm on a bus and every single day is a brand new state. And, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. I, I was watching uh, Russ and he was doing an interview and he's like, listen, after my first tour experience, hell no. I I go ahead and I plan a vacation in those areas and then I'm touring there as an extra. So uh-huh. he'll go out there like uh, for example, the the interview that I was talking about is he was talking about, hey man, I'm I'm going to Cape Town, Africa, but I'm going out there for a week, and I'm there for about like five or so days before the show even ha- even happens. So I'm I'm there networking. I'm out there having a vacation, and then I go tour. See, so that's it's like the I way spend- to. I never even thought about that perspective, man. I yeah, neither did I. I actually had a, she's an indie singer and she's got like a fucking 15 different city tour schedule. Jen Grills, who had come on a little country, um, but she likes to be more of an indie singer. And like, it's a grind for her. She lives on the West Coast. She had to practice with the band. Then she's coming and meeting the band on the East Coast, a different band and like touring with them. And you're like, man, what if the lifestyle was... Airbnbs for a week, like seven days, six days vacay, one day show. Like that's a brilliant way to look at it. Make make the money back. And um, and I think that that's a great way to put it because then you're also, you're not stressing yourself out. Because if you're going there just for the tour, it's like, all right, I have a, I'm here for only work and it can get it can get kind of toxic if you're if you're yeah. only worried about work and you have no personal life or you know after hours so to say you know i really question like your mental state because i know when i've pushed myself to to ends limit like i can get a lot done i've learned that about myself but <laughs> i can also burn myself out and yeah. I, like is it worth it is it worth it to burn yourself out? And, you know, that question can be answered in a couple different ways, depending on your perspective on things. But for me, uh, my mental sanity is, is far more priceless. <laughs> my peace of mind yeah. is, is way more priceless than, you know. Dude, that'd be real cool. You, whatever, you, you go to Philly and then all of a sudden, like you go to Philly for two weeks or you rent out something for like a month yeah. and you hit DC, Baltimore, New York, Boston, use the train lines. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. actually is a very, I wonder if that's more common or not, or I wonder if it should become common where it's just, it seems probably, like tours are will. so because, intense from the because people. Because of the to. amount of people that are working from home. I mean, I don't see it. I don't see why it couldn't be because, you know, 
I've I've done I've done a couple not like vacations or anything like that, but I've I've traveled like I'm in Florida, so I'm traveling down to Miami or Tampa or Jacksonville or Orlando or whatever, and you know get a hotel and it's like boom I'm working away, you know yeah. like all I'm doing is running ads. I just have to have an internet connection and right. you know work that out, and it's like you just gotta just gotta budget. if you can if you can sell out a tour or you know your job that you're working from home and you're able to pay for everything and you know get get away with it all then you know do it um that's something i do want to do more of and this conversation kind of helped me you know solidify that so thank you (laughs) (laughs) just here to help i do wonder how many like artists are gonna emerge from covid Cause there has to be so many creative people that are like on that precipice of, do I keep my job? Do I not keep my job? Do I burn? Do I, you know, what was it like Cortez where it was like burn the ships after we land? Cause we're never going back. It's conquer yeah. or die, you know, like that mentality. But now with remote work and so many people after two years being used to remote work. And then on top of it, they had two years to kind of like create right? To sink into their business model. I wonder if there's going to be a burst of just new creativity on music, on art scenes that, um, like a renaissance almost from like a post COVID renaissance. I really, I really hope so because if anything, this COVID has taught us, this pandemic has taught us is like, Hey man, if you're not doing something that you love, like why yeah why why are why are you not like you're not even somewhat interested in this you're only doing it for money and i mean money is nice money is is important money and i can't you can't like (laughs) money matters get away from that fact but i think it goes back to the idea of there's a lot of means to match them there's a way to rather 100k in something that you don't like or 60k in something that you do yeah you know and i i think i mean i i still have you know moments where i'm like man i could just i just want to go all in on music but then i realize i'm like hey well i also have something pretty good going for me right now and it ties into what i want to do so why would i get rid of it when it's actually it's slowly but surely building me into the direction I want to go. Um, but, you know, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because you can't <laughs> – it's either it's either you go fast and you burn out or you go slow and, you you know, you have a long, long journey. And I'm, I'm, in, it, I'm in it for the journey, man, because if, 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 we, if we really just have this one life and – it's over after that. Like, I'm not trying to just run it into the ground. I want to, I want to, I want to experience this thing. I want to live long, at least long enough, you know? Yeah. Make some cool <laughs> shit. Make some cool shit that I enjoy yeah, doing yeah, around some know, people that I enjoy doing it with. Yeah. yeah and engage with people and maybe, maybe change a life. I, I don't know. Like, and that that's the thing too, is like, I always, one thing that I always liked Pac, uh, one thing that I've always liked about Pac is he always would say, you know, I might not be the one to make the change, but I know that I can make this, I could, I could, 
set the spark for somebody else. And that really always hit me. And it's like, wow, okay, so I can I can just focus on being a vessel for a spark for somebody else. And if I can do that, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> you know, I just gotta keep gotta keep the gotta keep the soul clean and you know away from any kind of negativity you know i like it gotta keep the soul clean <laughs> but yeah um but yeah it was, it was really good to talk to you sean i, I appreciate yeah. the conversation and definitely looking forward to you know what, what's to come in the future yeah man no i appreciate the faith in uh replying and um scheduling out almost fucking look at that it was like two and a half hours ago just a half hour ago um <laughs> scheduling out three hours man to um chat yeah. i really appreciate you letting people get to know and you know and um good luck going forward man i'm sure we'll uh, continue to interact yeah definitely looking forward to it appreciate right, it man. yep have a good night yeah you as well take it easy thanks to andre psyche for supporting the getting to know you pod search up andre psyche on social media give him a follow just for the fuck of it dear listeners If you've enjoyed getting to know today's guest or just want to support this upstart podcast, go to our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, your donation will help with all the costs associated with producing the Getting to Know You pod. Don't forget the three free ways to support the pod. One, subscribe to the Getting to Know You pod. Two, friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Three, go to Apple, write a review. And finally... If you or someone you know would like to become a sponsor of or advertise on the Getting to Know You pod, we would love to partner with you. We have a wide-ranging global audience that would like to get to know more about your brand or business. If you're interested, just message us. See you.